0: I it up, up, it up, up, it up, up, it up,
1: Welcome to the newsboxing Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and with me in the studio today. 21 seconds later. A little backstory to that of Andy rapping just before we started.
2: Yeah, Martin Theobald in the house.
1: If you ever lose Mega Man, I can step right in. Oh, know. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. It's a blast from right. the past, isn't it? Yeah. Mega Man. I- I'll let him know. <laughs> uh, and also with myself and Martin, we have the indomitable
0: that was quite good uh, Terry Chapman down with it. <laughs> he says himself that. his own worst critic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on that more operatic tone in my voice like Brian
1: Blessed. oh god can you imagine a whole podcast of that I said lose <laughs> that's what you did of skeletal of wasn't it?
0: that was not my skeletal voice let's be absolutely clear about this
1: <laughs> so what was your skeletal in fact that was when Skeletor was on the podcast, Terry. Don't break the fourth wall. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so we've got lots to chat about today. Um, Obviously, we're going to end off at some stage with the Golovkin and Canelo preview. But we have lots to review from this weekend and 21 questions, which is where the reference to 21 seconds came in. Sadly. And then, just to let you in, to uh, behind the scenes action we then spent somewhere in the region of a minute and ten seconds
2: sorry sorry we <laughs> we I don't think we spent that long rapping <laughs> rapping Andy it was you yeah yeah. And well, so if any of your bandmates do want to tap into the UK garage scene then Andy is available yeah. the, the old yeah, UK yeah. garage scene quite a few
1: rung significantly lower in quality
2: yeah I mean the one hit wonder UK garage scene as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy White goes, tu, tu, tu. <laughs> lost me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Lost me. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's
0: like the Afrikaans language there, eh, Terry. <roe universities> <Yeah. laughs> hey, Yapi, not You're you <laughs> yeah, Hey, hey when you see these gaffers, Yapi, yeah, you just run them over and you put them in with the lions. I, I, the I, lions like sounds the gaffers. This terribly racist.
1: I don't know what that is. This it is it's sat- it's
0: incredibly racist. <laughs> but South Africans are generally racist <laughs> fuckers anyway.
2: Oh man! I only got the last bit of it. I assumed he slandered oh, was someone. A ca- was a
0: Kaffa, black person. Oh, junk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Growing up. Oh. It's starting. We've got well.
1: 21 seconds to go. <laughs> I liked it better when we were doing that.
0: What's this podcast about? I
2: forgot. It's- <laughs> we're yeah.
1: miles off track. Yeah. <laughs> Let's
2: bring it back. Early
0: doors.
1: I don't want to start singing 21 seconds. You two were clapping like crazy. I love, yeah. you know. We were banging the
0: table Absolutely and everything. All
1: loving those
2: fans it. at the door. Yeah. Only <laughs> just got rid of them.
1: Okay, so um, we've had a packed weekend of boxing followed by what is coming up. Another packed weekend of boxing. But let's start with the Goodwin show last night.
2: Yeah, look, we'll start there because I was there and then I was joined by someone who is legitimately boxing royalty. Terry turned up. Um, Terry, who? No, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Nutkins, the one off the really wild show, oh, lost a yeah. finger. Just <laughs> out of nowhere.
1: <laughs> the one off the really wild show.
2: <laughs> the one who lost a finger when he got bitten off. The <laughs> only reason I know him. Uh, no, so look, there were two fights really worth uh, digging into. But three true. we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah that's right actually um, first one English light heavyweight title fight I know it's a division that caused a lot of interest by the man sat opposite me <laughs> Mr. Chapandama. Uh so you got Joel McIntyre going in defending against Liam Conroy um, in what was a two round blowout um, so Joel McIntyre defending champion goes in supremely confident I was chatting to him beforehand uh, and I think Overly confident. Um, I've exchanged a couple of messages with his coach, John Murray, today. John listens in. So, uh, hey. thanks, John. Um, so, look, commiserations on the loss, but it was a phenomenal fight by uh, Liam Conroy. So, Joel, Mo- uh, Joel McIntyre starts to get a bit complacent early doors into the fight, as if he kind of suspected, I think, that Conroy couldn't hurt him. So, starts circling the ring with his left hand, kind of down by his waist. Uh, And just gets caught by a beautiful right hand. Whilst his guard's down. Yeah, whilst his guard's down. Butterfly Boxing, Lady Natalie Mayhew. Shout out to Natalie. She's got some brilliant footage of it, I think on her Instagram somewhere I saw. Um, but Joel McIntyre, i say just complacent, oh dear. gets caught with his right hand that scrambles him. like Sends him down heavily, heavily. Uh-huh. Gets up with maybe, what was it, about a minute left in the round, Terry? Yeah, um, down again. And quite how he got back up, I'm not really sure. Um, and you've got Terry O'Connor in it. Terry O'Connor who um, mm. stopped the French groves fight. So I think yeah. thinking, I assumed he was going to jump in and like put an end hey, to this. He just put him uh, in a headlock. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, he's choke him out. I assume, you know, he, he's
2: kind of known for liking a bit of a, an earlier stoppage, but he let Joel carry on. And Joel gets knocked down again, and he's fucked. He goes back to his corner, uh, and he comes out, and he just he couldn't. I don't know what it was. Like, clearly, his senses weren't about him, but he couldn't uh, hold on and like stop this onslaught from Liam well, Conroy.
0: See, I watched that, and I'm sure I'm going to get something back from John Murray on this. Because I imagine what John Murray must have said was, mate. Get on your fucking jab until your head clears. And he came out and he was trying to lead off with big backhand shots. And you're thinking, nah, maybe you've never been in this position before, but you're in a bad position. Because I know I know people have picked holes in Conroy's record, but Conroy's probably not as bad as his record suggests. And it's one of the, the pitfalls of looking into box rec too much without having seen the fights that you're referring to. I don't think Conroy is a bad fighter. I think what Conroy knew was, this might be my last shot and I might not be as well prepared as McIntyre, so I'm going to go balls out in the first round. I need to see the footage again, but I think McIntyre got hit moving to his left with his hand down, which, I mean, it's, it's boxing suicide. And after that, the fight was over. It was a hell of a shot. I was sat next to Martin, so we heard it. Like we actually heard it and it was like, nah. Because it was quite high on the jawline as well. So closer to the brain. And so so there was really heavy impact. The second one, he just fell into the ropes yeah. where, and then the ref had to give that as a count because he had, his legs had gone completely. But at the end of the first round when he was trying to hold on and you could see he had nothing left because he just hit the ground. And At that point, you know, give Conroy his due. In the second round, he took his time. He knew he wouldn't recover from that. Took his time, and took him out. It's it's one of those fights you watch and you go, "That was really good matchmaking." So credit to Kevin Campion, credit to Josh Goodwin, credit to Steve Goodwin, because that was that never looked like an easy fight. Now, you know, I've sort of followed Conroy long enough to know he'll always give it something. So that was a it was a good fight for that English title. One thing I will say is I think it validates a discussion we had previously that there are levels to this boxing thing. Yeah.
1: Uh, what well, the fights so um, are
0: worth discussing? What
2: kind of went on as the main event was Leon McKenzie, former Premier League footballer, turned boxer, now 39 years old, takes on Cello Renda. Southern Area title fight, uh, super middleweight. So, straight away, uh, you know, we may lose some of the interest of the listeners if we say Southern Area title fight. It doesn't mean a lot to everyone. It's not a world title fight. You know, Andy, you're not going to go out of your way if you see a Southern Area title fight to get down there. Shout out to VIP listener David McGinley, who came down just to watch this fight. And to watch
0: us watch the fight.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't quite catch up with him. He uh, he escaped. But, um, look, just a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. And, like, I've seen so many comments about this fight on social media. Like small hall fight of the year, fight of the year. Take the small hall side of it off. Two men that gave everything, like everything, uh, from the first punch, like literally the first punch. Leon McKenzie comes out, Southport, jabs, and like this jab just fucking hits. Render, squaring the jaw, he nearly falls out the ring from the very first punch. And you just sat there, like enthralled. From that moment on, it went on for nine rounds of just like the most ridiculous fight. You, I could watch that.
1: And retrospectively, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like, but to get me through the door in the first place, the Southern Area title wouldn't have been enough.
2: Yeah, but like this, this fight was why these titles mean so much. Because for Leon, he challenged for the English and he didn't win it against Jermaine Smile. For Cello Render, he's had a long and storied career. He's been on Sky on prize fight of various things, but this title is what meant so much. to These two lads have been through the mill. Um, you know, Leon's been fast tracked because of his age.
1: You spoke to Leon before about his his ambitions, haven't Have you not? Yeah, I know Leon quite well. So what what. what... Sorry to cut you off, but what what's his ultimate ambition? Is it Southern Area? Has he given up on English time? He's now
2: retired as of today, oh, so that's okay. where his ambition's lie. <laughs> so shout out to Leon, like, enjoy your retirement. Um, but yeah, like just nine rounds, not the most technical boxing. There were a couple of rounds where they'd take their time off, and Leon went back to using that jab, um, which actually was quite effective. Render is a horrible fighter, I'd imagine, to be in the ring with. He was throwing a left hook that Leon just could not Get his glove in the way of for about
0: two three rounds. it must have been Terry just it was that body work, and you' were watching that going that's gotta take a toll because he wasn't even trying, but every time you knew what he was going to do he'd shuffle shuffle bang, shuffle shuffle bang didn't even bother with the head after a while just so I'm going to that body, yeah, and you could see Leon was was having to dig deep just to cope with that.
2: Because it was maybe round six to eight where Leon had worked out exactly what Cello was doing. He could read every shot, so he'd just roll in underneath the right hand, coming out. And he'd started to figure exactly the timing of it, the position of it, and he'd roll out and come off. And then for whatever reason, like I'd guess tiredness. By round nine, Cello Render gets him on the ropes and just flurries on him. There wasn't any particular shot
0: but But give Cello Render his due, because he made the change as well. Once the once the left hook stopped working he started to throw that kind of arcing right and hand. And he went again. back to the body at that point yeah. as well. He, he did. So th- there was a phase, I think it was between, the, so up, up until round three, it was a really ferocious body attack. And then round three, Mackenzie catches him. Absolute, just an absolute shellacking against the rope where you're like, the ref's going to stop. I, I assume the ref was going to jump in. Like well, it- <laughs> it, 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 All Render did that saved him in that fight was he threw a desperate right hand and then he held on. And you're like, he might have just saved himself in the The fight. The bell saved him, ultimately. And then you love that the the round after was incredible because you could see they looked at each other and went, I'm not going to do anything if you don't do anything. (laughs) It was that kind of gentleman's agreement between fighters. Let's
2: have three minutes of peace and quiet. And we'll jab, we'll move. But let's both recuperate. And they (laughs) did. And then they came back out round five, round six, round seven, round eight, round nine, and just punched holes in one another. Like, it was... (laughs)
1: Let's have a break.
2: It was... Genuinely, like one of the best fights I've seen live, if not probably the best that I've sat ring. It's certainly the best I've seen down at York Hall. Like two men that just gave everything, and in the end, Leon, like he collapsed. Essentially, he
1: collapsed. He it just completed boxing to be fair. It term.
0: was, it, it, it was like the finishing of. I don't know if anyone remembers when Holyfield fought James Tony, and you saw Holyfield just had nothing left in him. Not that he was that hurt, but he was so exhausted. He just, he just falls over yeah. And the ref has to stop the fight
2: and that's where like Leon's down on the canvas his leg you could see his leg was twitching a little yeah. bit before that and wow. his right knee just gave in Elvis leg yeah and he <laughs> goes down on the canvas and he was put in a position and it, I didn't like the ref was still counting over the top of him I was like there, there's nothing left in this yeah. man he's given everything like don't count and so they rushed a doctor in Leon's on
1: oxygen for like <laughs> seven he's got oxygen on mate really isn't poor. there yeah. is no need for this yeah so
2: like he's got oxygen on you know he, he worked it was fine in the end he could get up but there's a lot of emotion around ringside um, yeah, no got pretty heated yeah it got pretty heated but fair play shout out to SA UK security so what, what, got, what got heated like family friends what, trying to get in the ring? Or? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what that was about. Like oh, right. okay. Just
0: imagine <laughs> no, no, the emotions overspill because you've got one side <laughs> celebrating, one side going, That's
2: all ah, right.
1: Order. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, like, you know, that happened. It's in a moment. But SAUK security, you know, you see Andy Brown at all the Joshua, like, weigh ins and what have you. They did a superb job just nullifying it all. But just. A huge mention to like everybody involved in that fight, everyone involved in that show, because York Hall was packed to the rafters. Like, I'm not sure you could have squeezed many more in there, if any. Um, and just it was such a spectacle. And like yeah, two I... lads that they gave everything for that southern area title. As I say, that's they're not <laughs> cello render mega one, I'm sure a challenge for the English now on the back of that. And all the best to him for doing
0: so. Um, so to be helpful to the matchmaking as I said earlier because you had two fights there where I don't think anyone thought they'd be that good I'd, 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 I'd had a quick chat with Renda's people and they were taking it as a do or die fight so you could see why Renda dug deep but someone asked me why I thought Renda was able to win that over McKenzie and it was this when you make matches sometimes you can look at someone's recent form and you can go "Ah, uh, he's no good and a lot of people did that with Roberto Duran in the 80s, where he just you could see he couldn't be asked to box. But every so often, if you've boxed long enough, you can generally summon those reserves of courage, willpower, and now just to get you through. And what that's what Renda did. Renda almost found a career best performance on that one night when it mattered. And I just think Leon McKenzie paid the price for having less than 15 bouts probably in his whole life. And Render's probably had closer to 80 or 90. And you could see, that was the only difference in that fight. I think if, it had, if they'd had the same number of bouts, McKenzie probably would have taken that fight. But Cello render has been to that dark place before. He knows what that pressure is all about. And he was able to just dig dig in for that that final push in rounds eight and nine. But I'll tell you what, I had two fights to watch
2: after that and sit and report on. And then I'd like, an hour and a half drive home after. I was exhausted. Like, just genuinely, like, emotionally exhausted watching it Because yeah. there were so many twos and throws. And there's Leon, who I know, in the ring. And, like, I'm seeing him. On, like, I was so, like, empty by the end of it. So, I think, you know, those lads. I'm going, oh, I'm so empty. Those two lads just fucking <laughs> yeah. forever Whatever. Like, like, Martin, leave it out. Yeah. But, like, those 27 minutes were just phenomenal. And, like, just... I say Leon has come out of that today. I've texted him this morning and he's okay. He just said that he was exhausted and his body gave up on him, um, which is completely understandable. Nobody, Nobody can doubt the effort and the heart he put into that. So I wish him all the best in retirement. Not many people, you know, Curtis Woodhouse did it. He got to British title level after playing for Hull. Leon, you know, Premier League career, but at the age of 35, 36, then decided to take up boxing. You will not find many other sportsmen that can do that.
0: Yeah, it was good. And let's also remember, he's from that stock as well. So oh, yeah. he, he's got that boxing in his blood. And I guess now he can look forward to the next generation of Mackenzies coming through. So I train one of the the young McKenzie's at the moment. Young kid, Southpaw, looks the part. He's only 14, 15, but he's on his way up as well. So now the family will carry on. But I think what it now
2: leaves it as is that Leon can be discussed, A, without needing his dad in the discussion, albeit that's always going to be there, but he can be discussed in isolation, but he can also be discussed, and I think it's really important to him, discussed as a boxer and a footballer, not the footballer who's had a go at boxing. Yes, agreed. And I think that probably means more to him than even if he'd have won that title last night. Um,
1: and the way you describe um, Leon being towards the end... Like, so it sounds like he's absolutely drained himself. The question I have is: we spoke about before in the corner. You're allowed in British boxing. You're allowed what water and a certain specific type of of like petroleum jelly they can put on yeah. their face. Is there any argument for um, for electrolytes to be allowed in the corner so it's, that you're, you? So the spectacle of the sport. It wouldn't increase increase danger to the sportsman. It just allows sports to go on. Uh,
2: But you think he was exhausted. Why would you want to trick the body into thinking you're not exhausted? Like the brain may have dehydrated to the point of...
0: So Adam Booth has a really good point about this. Adam Booth is one of the biggest advocates of electrolyte drinks in the corner. What actually causes a lot of the brain damage is the loss of electrolytes. Because essentially your electrolytes... dehydration,
1: right? Because de- electrolytes allow your body to hold on to, to the function. hydration.
0: Well, no, no, your electrolytes allow your body to function. So your, your synapses, your nerve, all of that stuff is driven by your electrolytes, which is why when you dehydrate, you have a problem. Because even if you, even if you didn't lose any electrolytes, once you lose all the water, you can't transport your electrolytes as easily. Right, so okay, so yeah. if, you, if you're replenishing those in, as John Barnes would say, isotonic. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 no, <laughs> then kick yeah.
1: it in the bin. <laughs> it's also the yeah. constant in, in, induction of water into your system is also going to flush out your salts, which is going to eventually.
0: What's well, going to dilute your salts? You, yeah. you want your
1: salts? Well, though. yeah, of course you do. And so, the constant input of water is eventually going to lead to more. But the problem you would have
0: is you'd have to regulate what electrolyte drink could go in there because otherwise, you know, well, sure I, I, I might get an Alex O'Rear special. Sure, that's sure, <laughs> sure that's easy. You
1: know, you, no. uh, somebody gives a bottle that's been like the ref could at uh, the beginning of a fight give it to each corner there you go there's your bottles
0: okay but what's in it though
1: Well, whatever the governing body okay what if, what, what if I'm
0: allergic to it
1: well then obviously this sort of stuff could, could be no, trialled no, no, no,
0: beforehand but I'm, I'm highlighting some of the challenges you'd have in implementing it well that's because, not difficult is it well it is because and you look I might say Andy you've got to drink this perfectly balanced electrolyte drink yeah and it might be perfectly balanced for Andy White but not for Martin Theobald now Martin's like he's at an advantage here Whereas with water, water is just fucking water. I'm with you. I think there should be some form of electrolyte drink. I don't know how on earth you'd regulate it,
1: though. Okay. All right. Fair enough.
2: Um, Before we move on too much, I just... uh, Last night, it's not the kind of fight you see every time you go down to York Hall for any one small hall shows. But it was a fantastic advert um, for what small hall boxing is about and what those area titles are about. And how you can put on a show and pack a place out. That you know, for a fight that really means something,
1: yeah.
0: Um,
1: and <laughs> which yes. brings us deliciously well, 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 no, on still, to
0: Jack Blair's question. We, need, we we'll still need to touch on Mr. Twala. I think we we'll well, also need talk, to touch uh, on,
1: right. him. okay, before we get to that, Jack Blair asked, How do you compare yesterday's Goodwin card against Matroom's next gen card? Um, incomparable yeah incomparable just just the animated way that you two have talked about it by comparison to the way that you just seem totally disinterested in the next
2: that may almost be a fluke because to be fair to the matrim next gen cards they do have area level titles on them but what typically happens is that you put an olympian into an area level title so you don't get that 50 50 back and forth fight you just get an olympian walk through someone who isn't at their level but yeah, um, so
1: really that's that's a, a um, that's a, a matchmaking a notch in the yeah a, a feather in the cap of the of the matchmaking, right? Uh, which which for last a, night, yes, yeah. Which
0: although I'm sure if you'd asked them two days before, Render and Conroy It would have been like, nah, these are alright fights. We'll get through these quite safely.
2: I think, which
0: mm-hmm. I, which I like because it's like these guys showed up to fight.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, how how does it compare? Look. The talent, like the raw talent, on one side of the card, is probably always going to be better on a match room next gen card, and then on the away side of that card, is the same as what you'd have seen at York Hall last night. Now the difference is that that's not a 50-50 fight, yeah, because you're putting Olympians in against lads who are area level fighters, and that's why you get people just wiped out. Yeah. Well, so what... Joe Cordina, Jamie Spate, Joe Cordina is an elite level Olympian. Like top level amateur against Jamie Spate, who's a three time Southern Area champion. Sure enough, that fight gets ended in one round or whatever, and Spate gets walked through. Now, that's the difference is that last night you had lads that are at the same level, almost at the same point in their careers. And they want the same thing that badly. So the Southern Area title to Joe Cordina, if he ever won it, he would just chuck it away and move on. Whereas for these lads, it's their heart, their desire, everything that they wanted is to win those titles. And that's the difference, is that you end up with two people that care about what they're in there for and are so well evenly matched that you end up with just... Like, those fights were tremendous.
0: I'd push you back on the question and say, maybe what you meant was why can't Matchroom engender that sort of feeling in their shows? And the answer is they can't afford to take that kind of risk, which which is a sad indictment in boxing. And this is something that's been bugging me for a while. When you talk to the guys, you know, the guys from the 80s, whether they're British or American, one of the things they always like to highlight is contenders fought each other before there's ever a title on the line. So, as an example, Craig Richards should be fighting a peer. I mean, at this point in his career, and I like Craig, but you'd want Craig to be fighting another contender. Like, like he did with Alan Higgins. That was a fair, you know, that was a fight we wanted to see. I don't want to see Craig Richards fighting a Latvian cab driver. He 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 gets nothing from that. And there should be no shame in whoever loses because they're young enough in their careers that they can come back around. And that's what you had in the 80s. And that's why people hark back to the 70s and 80s as a great time in boxing because the contenders fought each other. You know, Don Curry was fighting guys that were his level before. And that's why he had such a great reputation before he fought Lloyd Hunigan because he was fighting legit contenders. I don't know if he fought Steven Cruz. Maybe he did, but it was that caliber of opponent we don't get that anymore we've just using an analogy it's like mid-90s hip-hop isn't it if, we, if we're honest where there was so much variety no one really knew what the formula was so you gambled and sometimes you had a hit sometimes you didn't in 2017 Warren and Hearn know what works build up a record to about 18 20 and 0 and then go hunting for stuff because you can say look he's undefeated until fans don't care about the defeats, until fans don't buy this thing of I'm not fighting him because he's had a defeat, it's utter bullshit. We need to stop that zero becoming all important. Uh,
1: the only thing I would contest there is I'm not sure it is all important because there's plenty of fighters that have had big, major fights that have gone a lot of interest that do have defeats on their record. Is there not? But or- who, who? how many of them had defeats early in their career? The only one I can think of off
0: the top of my head is the guy we're going to talk about later on in the podcast, Ket Saw, Rungan Versailles. I can't even say his surname properly. James DeGale would be one. Yeah. But but he, this guy lost like, of his first 10 fights, he probably lost four. And now look, he's knocking out Roman, I mean, Roman Gonzalez. So, defeats, especially early in your career, Tevin Farmer's another example of a guy who lost a few early in his career. Badu Jack. Yeah. He lost relatively early on. and, and
1: Groves has come through it.
0: Yeah. So So for me, take risks with your guy because it's more important he learns in the fight than he leaves unbeaten. And, Be- do you know
2: what? Groves is a great example because I was chatting about this online with somebody the other day and it was... Um, like People now, I think, are warm to Groves because of his defeats and because of his oh, challenges he, over the years. That's for me. Yeah. Like... Now that he's got that world title and he's in the world boxing super series, there's a general consensus around the fact you actually really want to see him do well, win this, secure his future as a man and for his family and go away and retire possibly after it with a huge pot of money. And why is that? It's because we've seen him go through getting knocked out, you know, stopped by Carl Froch knocked out on the canvas at Wembley, lost to Badu Jack over in Vegas. We've seen him go through the trials and tribulations and those losses. If he hadn't have had those challenges and he was just that cocky lad from London and he was undefeated at this point, how many of us would genuinely have that heartfelt, like, I really hope he does well out of this?
1: I don't think that many. It's because he's put so much blood, sweat and tears and into we You seen, can see that, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: But he, yeah, and you say he's won his title the hard way and I don't think we say that about people anymore. And you want to say that about a fight tonight, don't you? There's, he's done this the hard way. Yeah. Imagine your three losses at world title level. Frotch, Froch, Badu Jack.
2: <laughs> Fuck me. Like, that's
1: a lad who's taken risks through his career. Yeah, and that's to think do it. I, I, get the, I got the feeling that when Frotch watched him win his title... I got the... Frotch was standing up clapping him. I got the feeling that Frotch was envying that feeling of real redemption. You know, he's standing in the ring, he's got his title. Don't get me wrong. Frotch would have been wrapping his hands going, trilogy, (laughs) come on, I want that title. (laughs) But um, anyway, yeah, okay. Right, so are we finished on uh, Monsieur Goodwin? No. we haven't, then We need to discuss
0: Mr. Nessu Twala, a man who... In the underground boxing circles had garnered much attention after his debut. If I'm in, pull me up on this, anyone who feels free to do so, but I can remember discussing him after his debut and warning everyone who was getting excited. You will see in another fight or another couple of fights what the reality is. Now, Jess, as I call him, is a fantastic boxer. You don't have to teach the kid how to box, but... He he lacks power to such an extent that you you wonder how he won so many bouts. He's a talented kid, and I know people will start. You know, people might start to lose faith, but don't lose faith in him. Now it's up to him and his trainer to go. We need to work on building power. You know, stop all the Instagram videos of the stupid pad work and bag work and stuff. Just be a good athlete. Nail it, hit those box jumps, do the plyometrics and actually embrace the reality that you need power in this game. Because he fought Christian Late. and Christian Leite essentially said, mate, I will let you do whatever you want to me. And what was it, 270th fight or
2: something yeah. for lay last night? <laughs> That's a phenomenal, like shout out to Chris Lay on that by the way, like yeah. 270 professional belts. That's ridiculous. So stopped in ten, I think it is. Five. Five. Like <laughs> unbelievable.
0: People like him help make this sport happen. And and that was a platform. Now, I don't want to put thoughts and words into Steve Goodwin's mind, but I'm sure what you know they saw the first fight defensively, looks really good. Let's see what he's like coming forward. We'll give him Christian late, because Christian can look after himself if he gets a bit heavy. It didn't get heavy. It's it didn't even problem. get medium heavy. It was I've never seen this lad
2: box before, but I've heard a lot of uh, swell of opinion about him. That's been growing and
0: growing after his debut. And credit to the fight talk boys for building that yeah, that, yeah. that energy.
2: Yeah, brilliant.
0: It's a sign that you know it's a sign of the impact that they're having. So congratulations on that.
2: Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't live up to what I was hoping for. Um, but you know, Lay's
0: an awkward opponent. Give him another another night. Yeah, and give him someone who, who's going to come and bring it, and then let's see what happens. But in the interim. I think someone needs to take him away for a three-month block and just work on that strength and power. You know, we we discuss this all the time that boxing is not just about the skills you have as a boxer. It's about who you are as an athlete. And people forget the athletic side a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, so all in all, the Goodwin show was a great advertisement for small boxing.
2: It was phenomenal. And like, yeah, just brilliant and anyone that can get down to shows like that, just please do it and, like, experience York Hall as it was last night. It was just... It it was breathtaking, certainly by the end with the McKenzie fight. I was genuinely exhausted. Um, And it it was what... Everything that is brilliant about boxing when it's not on TV and the stuff that people don't see, I might sound like a total geek about it because, like, why do many people give a shit? Probably turned off by now, whatever. But, like, it was just something that people could especially at York Hall you can see every punch every drop of sweat from every seat in that place and so like to be that close to it so you're not at Wembley Stadium you're not watching Anthony Joshua from 200 yards back where you can barely make out who's the black man who's the white man in the ring (laughs) it's on top of you and you can see everything and that's what you need to go and experience at some
0: point
1: Okay so the uh, cool, quick shout out to
0: to Brooke Streetfield <laughs> as well.
1: some purpose doesn't it? Yeah. He? He no no, no. Like... you know
0: she 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 was uh, a she was a, a, a more a more than able willing and engaging companion yesterday so that was really good. Um speaks really highly of you as well Mr. Yes. <laughs> hello, hello, Brooke.
1: So the first quarter final of the boxing super series kicked off um with Usik or Usk versus yes. Marco Huck and Usk came through victorious Can wow you- um,
0: first thing to say about the World Boxing Super Series is how good does it look visually um, for all the guys who have watched it it is it puts I'm going to say it puts Matchroom to shame just yet but you do look at that and go that's brilliant because there's no there's no advertising on the ring apron so it's just World Super Series of Boxing with the Ali Trophy in black which for me I think Black's, especially for a big fight, just looks brilliant. So you've got Usk fighting Marco Huck. We know Marco Huck's seen better days. So this is one of those, you know, Usk has a chance to, you know, capture a name on his
1: record, which is good. Was it a pass the torch? Was it quite a pass the torch? On I that?
2: think Huck's probably passed that yeah. torch already. <laughs> to Glowacki. I think it was. who, yeah. who, who
0: He's damaged goods. Yeah. But but it's a name. I think that's what you described. That's not really past, past the it flashlight. Yeah, it's true. just it's
1: a name. Like, you know. Past the match, the lip match.
0: It's like it's like going out with that girl you used to fancy at school, and now you're all in your thirties and she's got seven kids and you're a billionaire. You're like, Actually nah, there is baby. one
1: Let me and Martin know. <laughs> top Ty <tie, laughs> Top girl.
0: Shouts out to Special a. Mm, a.
1: Bit on the old ropey side now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um so but it, <laughs> it was an interesting enough fight. Like you know you are. Marco Hug <laughs> So Huck looks like the shell of... He looks like a shell of a man. Um, he looked like a guy who had barely boxed before. He just just take a couple of rounds of that fight when you watch your back again and just look at how poor his footwork is. He didn't really want to engage. It's like he was trying to counter punch. He was accurate when he punched, but Usko was throwing three times as many punches at the same connect percentage. And it was this really weird thing where his corner weren't really helping Huck because... Huck's an orthodox fighter, so traditionally he likes to move to his right. That's where he feels most comfortable, and Usk likes to move to his right as well, because that's where he's most destructive. So essentially, Huck was just walking into that space that Usk wanted him to go into. So first half of the fight was just about breaking down Marco Huck, increase the intensity with the combinations to the body and head, and by the ninth and tenth, it wasn't tenth round, sorry, the eighth and ninth round. You knew the end was nigh, and then in the tenth round, Huck just had nothing left. It was it was sad to was sad to watch, but you know Usk looks he looks a hell of a machine. You know at at cruiserweight, the guy just looks a machine. He does that thing where British boxing orthodoxy sort of says you should leave your amateur style when you turn pro, but for the first half of fights, what Usk does is he hops in and out of range really well, so he keeps the amateur footwork. But me with the pro punching technique and power, where it's, it's all knuckle. But as the first fight in the World Boxing Super Series, was a good fight, really entertaining. Huck could fight back when he could, but he was dealing with someone who was just superior in every way. So we now need to see who can really threaten Alexander Usk, because it seems there's something in this Ukrainian style that means they... They seem to just be able to move their feet at an intensity no one can live with, and it's that footwork that enables the punches to come. Like Lomachenko, similar. Um, it's it's great to watch, you know, the simplicity of it, but the effectiveness of it.
1: Uh, who's he likely to face in a semi-final bout?
0: Wait, I have not seen. The I can't brackets. remember the brackets of it. Will it so... will it be Perez if he wins? No idea. If if no it, idea. look, irrespective of who he wins, we need someone else. In those quarterfinals to make a real statement, so we're hoping that Perez can starch someone or Kudrajov. That's Maybe. what I'm holding out on, <laughs> just because you want to keep saying his name, Kudrajov. Sounds like a Rocky
2: bad, doesn't, he? but uh, and he is, he is, yeah. he looks like one. He fights like one.
0: He's uh, he's an animal. So let, let's see. Um, it was look, uh, it looked good. The arena looked packed. It just it looked like a
2: boxing show should. Before we bypass this too much, um, I missed a lot of what was going on with this because at a show last night. But I was catching up with it when I got home. The slight car crash that is their TV deal. So, ITV have got the World Boxing Super Series, right? So next weekend, you've got Callum Smith versus Eric Scoglin going to be live on ITV4. Fantastic. Like, big fan of that. Then... They've made the commitment they're going to show every fight in the World Boxing Super Series. So it was announced during the week that they would be showing um, Usk versus Huck on the ITV box office channel, I think it was, on the Sunday morning on demand from 10am. So like, they weren't going to be showing it live at all. Then they announced it was going to be shown on their website Sunday morning from 10am. So again, you're not going to be able to see it live. So it all kicks off of people saying... You know, what's the point in this? We live in an era whereby I can just stream it off of German TV. Whoever's shown it over there. Um, And then I saw, as I was catching up with various things online, the Sauerlands, I think it was, announced like maybe an hour before the show, like, we've got some good news coming up. And then they announced that they're going to be streaming it off of the World Boxing Super Series series website. website. They were streaming the fight live. So what is the fucking point in all these TV deals going off around? Every, if you, like if you're just gonna take that approach, like at the last minute, just to stream it live off the website, all those people that have bought TV deals to show this <laughs> must be thinking, I'm "Well,
1: please, we paid Oh yeah,
2: that. cheers, lads! What's like, <laughs> well, just there? Probably he don't remember it.
0: <laughs> He's woken up this morning wondering who streamed it <laughs> off the website. But Imagine he just woke up and went, "Who the fuck's showing this?" Fuck. Fuck yeah! Fuck,
1: we need to stream. We need to stream. <laughs> yeah, who could possibly be thinking like that? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So like, it just the whole thing seems a little disjointed, um, untied in some way because I don't know what all the other TV deals are. I know America doesn't have one, um, so they can't view it. But Germany, it didn't they go. To, they
0: logged in with a
2: Gmail account, apparently. Nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, um, hard to get as well. In America, they haven't got a deal. In Germany, it didn't go to RTL; it went to somebody else, uh, S1 or something like that, a German TV. So it wasn't the major TV network. Uh, and then over here, it's on ITV. So all those people that have, you know, the TV executives that have fought out for it must have been over the moon when oh, it's announced yeah. we're going to stream it all live.
1: Usik will face Bradis or Perez. Okay,
2: Bradis,
0: because Perez ain't getting through that. Be interesting. I. I. It's weird. So I would like Perez to go through. The reason is he could bang in heavyweight. So I think what Usk needs is someone who can hit pretty hard and has enough now that to know their way around the ring as well.
2: The problem is he banged so hard that he put a man on life support and has left him in a, a vegetative state. And I think that's damaged Mike Perez mentally. Um, the fact that he's gone from heavyweight, and after that fight, it was the Povetkin fight, wasn't it, where he just turned up out of shape, not really in the fight, got, got knocked out in the first in round. First round. Horrible. Then after that, you kind of question whether he was mentally able to carry on in the Oh, sport. did he go missing for a year or so? Yeah, and then turned up. What, what, happened? Well, yeah, what happened then? Literally half the man he was before, like, <sighs> ripped. And you go and... What did you do for that year they just sent off to the tropical islands you... oh. <laughs> <was> in Sheffield <laughs> I need to see his photos Dom Ingle style <laughs>
0: just in the pants <laughs> at the top of the stairs All right. kid <laughs> galahad taking the pics <laughs> no 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 mate, 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 no 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 squeeze those cheeks a bit Ooh, ooh. <laughs> let, let the sweat drop down and that drop drop drop
1: Ooh. Can
0: I get some steroids too, please? I want to be
1: big and <laughs> Come on, please. Okay, moving on. We have to review Roman Gonzalez versus Srisket Rungesavai.
0: Good enough. Oh, It'll do. It'll good. do.
1: <laughs> Car crash pronunciation again. My signature move. Um, yeah, so. Who saw it and what can you tell us about I it? I
2: haven't seen it. It was on the Superfly card. So there were two other fights going on there. Was, it's all the £115 division. So, so they put on the a, a show with three of the best fights you could possibly make of that division. So Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, a, like, a, like a mini Super 6 all in one night.
2: Yeah, so you got got Nayo um won by Stoppage. And then Quad, uh, Kudra- Quadras versus Strada. He lost. Which, um, yeah, I haven't seen any of it, unfortunately, because I've been busy with the family today. Uh, So I'll have
0: to hand it over to Terry. So, look, we've discussed Gonzalez and Shrisa Kett on the podcast before. Um, And that was for the previous fight where Gonzalez lost by majority decision. And the same problems that were in that fight manifest themselves in this fight. The thing about Roman Gonzalez is he's made his career as a combination puncher, a man who can come forward manage the space, manage the distance and get his combinations off, which invariably breaks people down. Now he's moved up in weight and I've heard the Twitterverse and, you know, these forum monkeys telling us that, oh, he moved up one weight class too many. Da, da, da. But this shrissiket guy just said, if you want to have a tear up, we'll have a tear up. And the problem was shrissiket hits twice as hard as Gonzalez does. And it's like Gonzalez couldn't figure this out and go, maybe I shouldn't be so close to this guy if he punches harder than me. And all that happened for about four rounds is he got pummeled. And you could see Gonzalez's confidence just ebbing away round after round. He just didn't believe he could beat this guy because is one of those mad Thai guys, isn't he? Who's just like, <laughs> I'd sooner die than lose. And like he was giving nothing away. So Gonzalez didn't know if he'd hurt him or not. Um, being a Southpaw Made it awkward. But the thing that surprised me is Gonzalez was complaining about the clash of heads right, right in the first round. Which told me he didn't fancy this fight. And I genuinely don't think he fancied it. And Shrista clearly did fancy it. And just tore through him. Fourth round gets him with a... I think it was a right hook he got him with. Gonzalez gets up, he gets hit with the same right hook again in the same round. So when you call someone a pound for pound number one, you shouldn't be getting hit by a lead hook because you dropped your hands, right? And you he got hit twice because he dropped his hands. It was, It was the sort of mistake you make when you're used to having your own way. And I don't think he showed enough respect to his opponent in the fight. And he paid a heavy price because that's twice he's been beaten by a guy who even the most hipsterish and arrogant of foreign monkeys who live in their basement (laughs) with their mums and dream about having sex with a size 24 woman because, you know, that's their start point in life. These morons, these Chocolatito, you know, they've got their stupid Chocolatito t-shirts on and it angers me because I think Gonzalez is a hell of a fighter. I think he's had a great career and I think he's brought something entertaining to boxing. What he hasn't done is cement himself among the pound-for-pound greats because in a similar position, Andre Ward went up and fought Sergei Kovalev and dealt with the problem of someone who punches harder than he does. Floyd Mayweather went up in weight and dealt with the Canelo problem of a man that punches harder than he does. Golovkin has gone up in weight and has dealt with the problem of men that fight that punch harder than he does. Roman Gonzalez is a good fighter. He's a hell of a fighter. He's a class act. Let's be absolutely clear about that. He's not pound for pound top five. He isn't. And we need to accept that because even if he was giving up significant size, this is the kind of fight where Gonzalez should have had the tools to say, I'm going to manage the distance and I'm going to box in the back foot for a bit until strisaket loses confidence he failed to do that he lost he lost to two punches that had he kept his gloves up like most competent boxers do would never have connected so he has to ask himself really what do i have left in the tank because he looked a broken man mentally
1: jamie ingleby writes in and he says that roman Gonzalez is still a great fighter but should he drop down to flyweight
2: I think one of the things, I don't think Terry mentioned it, because I was out having a piss, um, was about the fact that um, Gonzalez's trainer, who was almost like his dad, basically, passed away before the first of these two losses. Um, And so the first fight, I think a lot of, not almost the excuse, but the reason given for why he lost was down to the loss of that trainer. Um, So whether that's affected him going through the second fight, I don't know. Whether he's hit a weight ceiling at Superfly that he can't deal with that power and should go back down, I don't know. Whether he's just reached the end of a career, he's an old man for that weight division, those weight categories. Like They typically kind of get out fairly early on, years-wise. Um, and he's no spring chicken by any means. Um, so maybe it's just his time. Maybe he should get out of the sport.
0: I, the problem in that fight wasn't that he was outmanned or outgunned. It was essentially he got hit twice by being lazy defensively, number one. Number two, for staying in the pocket with a guy who could hit harder than him and threw in greater volume than he did, someone in the corner just had to say, get on your bike, circle around the ring, make the guy commit, counter him. If you don't have that in your arsenal, you're not a pound for pound anything. If you can't make someone miss and make him pay, Jesus Christ, what are you doing?
1: I feel like Arsenal should be a redefined word, given how uh, how blunt they are in recent weeks.
0: Were they blunt yesterday? Oh, oh, well done. Smash no, no, no. Were, were, they, were they blunt yesterday? How'd Look, you get on yesterday?
1: Even Danny How'd you World get World. on
0: yesterday? How'd you get on yesterday? <laughs> oh, we beat World. Everton away 3-0. Who? Everton anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Bell, you support Everton, right? Oh, you there. You go. So, so let's be absolutely
1: clear about. It. We, hey, we we got enough points to stay top of the league. Yeah, so really, yeah, we're just oh. enjoying being away from Wembley, <laughs> <laughs> and it not being August. We got a worse record there than Klitschko. <laughs> oh, God. Um.
0: Yeah. So no, Roman Gonzalez. Look, all right. Great fighter. Um. Yeah. By all means, talk about him as being one of the best guys to come out in the last five, ten years, whatever. He's not, a, he's
1: not on your power for power list. Grow up, for fuck's sake. Oh, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Morrow asks, who is the biggest underachieving UK box in the last few years Frankie in Gavin. terms of ability and level reach? Frankie Gavin, 100%.
0: Anthony Small.
1: There you go. See, and it,
0: Frankie
2: Gavin, world amateur champion. The only one we've had from the UK. We know about that. When is he, it his
1: own fault that... He, this or is it uh, mismanagement? Well, Frankie uh, Gabbin, lack
2: of discipline, lack of training, out of shape. Lack of hunger. He should be a light welterweight. weight, has always fought a 147. Just, he's got all the tools and none of the
0: desire. And For me, Anthony Small had everything. Like, scarily brilliant. Trying to join ISIS, I can't... <laughs> I think that sums up. Did he win the Bellevue fight? Is that why you joined? Yeah, yeah, just call that Bellevue. No, they... So, so and Anthony's a friend of mine as well. Well, he was. And God, if I ever run for prime minister, this'll fuck me up. <laughs> and basically, they caught, they caught him in Calais and he had sold off his boxing memorabilia to get money so he could go off to Syria and join ISIS.
1: I mean, that's a bad start and get caught at Calais. <laughs> I mean, fuck me. You're not exactly. I mean, I don't think even ISIS want you at that point. LAUGHTER <laughs> Um, oh. Mick Senor Tasty asks can you see some of the underperforming ex-GB squad members at Matchroom getting shown the door if the fans start losing interest to them uh, sorry, interest in them
2: Uh, it's a difficult one isn't it Like some of them are going to be longer term investments than others, how long is Hearn planned on staying in the sport for not everybody's going to be the new Anthony Joshua um. so he's always going to need undercard spots filling is what does he do with them? Does he put them into tough fights early on? Um, the likes of Akoli, the likes of Buatzi. Does he do that? The likes of Cordina, Josh Kelly. Does he really test them? That'll probably be the sign as to whether or not he's planning on potentially letting them go down the line is if he starts putting them into tough, make-or-break fights early on.
0: Here's the problem with this Olympic nonsense that's perpetrated by promoters, right?
1: What? sorry, can you just define what that is? Because uh, I don't really so, understand. So, so it, is,
0: it is, it's, right, here's an Olympian. I'm going to sign him. I'm going to tell the public he's an Olympian. Therefore, that's all this fairy dust sprinkled on him. Yada, 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 yada. That's, that's the narrative the fans are sold. The problem is, when you look at what happens in the Olympics, the gold medal winners normally are like, guys, you can put money on to go and do well, right? Everyone else, like, Below that is all much of a muchness. The guys that win the gold normally win decisively. And then you go, okay, fine. So I can see why a Tony Yoko is a money fighter. Because he, he won that, whatever people want to say, he won that gold convincingly because the guy had one leg. Right? And Joe Joyce couldn't deal with a man with one leg. Even Bell you could. Now, <laughs> you start moving down that list and you start looking at those guys who've won and you say... A lot of them are Eastern European. They'll stay on because they prefer amateur to pro. But there's no one there who was amazing. Because if you're amazing, you win a gold medal. If you're not amazing, you don't. And when you're not amazing, you join the pros, you're kind of okay. And all these guys are having to relearn. And if you look at how quickly a lot of these guys made their debut, they didn't get that one-year hiatus, maybe in Sheffield, that other fighters have been given. <laughs> They didn't get that one year. So these guys are to a hiding to nothing. My, my my suggestion from last week holds true. Hearns should just say, I am a boxing promoter. My only concern is to promote the biggest cards this country can make. That means sending guys like Josh Boizzi on loan to Steve Wood, Errol Johnson. Why? Because the day I get Joshua Boatsey back, he should have been in Nottingham. He should have been in Derby. He should have been in york he should have been in skeg <clears throat> wherever but he he would be known nationally and also to a different demographic of
2: boxing fans and not necessarily boxing fans but general sports
0: people exactly and that's what you want so i have a feeling that hearn hearn's got the inputs that doesn't understand how you process them to get the outputs he wants he just it's not there Whereas with the Americans, look at the American Olympians. We don't hear about them, right? We don't really hear about Shakur Stevenson. Um, We don't hear about those guys. Even the 2012 guys, we didn't really hear about Errol Spence until it was time to know about Errol Spence. But by that time, he was ready. And we don't do that. We just throw these guys into the limelight. And we shouldn't do that because it's destructive in the long run. I'm still, I like Laurence Saccoli. I'm still not sure Laurence Saccoli will be the best cruiserweight in the world. I'm not convinced yet. So why do I need to see him or hear that he will be a world champion? I don't yet. But he could make it one day, and I want him to. But right now, we don't have the proof.
1: So you think they're exploiting... Uh, so basically, they're exploiting a profile they're creating on the ba- back of the Olympics just to yeah, it's what make dis- more money when it's not...
2: It's no. what we've discussed before, though. The matchroom stable is shallow. And so like you haven't got that many main events that you can build with what they've got left at the moment. Uh, and haven't... so you need to start fast tracking the names, not necessarily the talent or the skill or the opponents, the names of these people, so that in a year's time or whatever, you can start to make main events out of them. Because look at who's at the top of Matchroom Stable; they're going to be gone soon. Yeah, and
0: and and to an extent, I feel for him because a lot of guys have let him down. You know, Eddie's put a lot into trying to grow profiles for guys like Luke Campbell, James Gale. These guys have let him down in terms of commercial appeal. So I don't know what you do for Eddie Hearn.
1: Um, Ace McPlayboy asks, <laughs> <laughs> um, following on from mixed question, Ashley, are matchrooms stunting slash ruining their development by sending slash pushing slash doing most of them to Sims Gym?
2: <laughs> Sims Gym down in Essex. Um, I always find it <laughs> a little bit, question if I've heard <laughs> one really, but okay. I find it a little bit odd that you have these regional hubs of trainers. So Joe Gallagher takes on all of the Hern fighters up north. Coldwell, Sims, yeah, sorry, in the northwest. Coldwell seems to take them in the northeast, and then Sims seems to take them in the south. You just got to ask the question: Who has Sims developed into being a world champion that? You know Why is Eddie so intent? And I know there's a personal relationship there between the wives and the daughters and business relationships. Um, doesn't take a lot to look into to find out about it. Beauty salons, tanning salons or something like that. Um, and you do wonder whether the friendship element of it overtakes the sporting element of it. And why do you put all your eggs into one basket in the South? Like Why do you put everything into Sims? Why don't you employ two or three trainers like the elite ones and then get them in competition with one another because at the moment sim seems to have it fairly easy going aside from adam booth he gets handed it seems these fighters and in reality it wears his competition at the
0: moment look i see what Hearn tried to do let's create centers of excellence remember in the old days we all of the same generation and everyone had a center of excellence for football, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And you'd, you'd all you'd all kind of rock up there, but deep down, you, you knew who had what, right? And those those meant to, it was meant to be like for for the best of the best to improve. If you look at the Sims gym, if you look the output of what they're producing right now, it's all a very basic style. They're There are no intelligent boxers that come out of that gym in terms of style-wise, making decisions in the ring, making adjustments. They're corner-to-corner boxers, like the Gallagher fighters, corner-to-corner boxers. So who have you got
2: coming out? You've got uh, Ahara Davis, Ricky Burns, Connor Ben, John Ryder. Uh, I'm struggling to think of any of them.
0: Ted Cheeseman. Craig Richards is part of that camp too. There's not a lot of variation They're all, those styles. They're all much of a muchness, but it's not even like it's a good style. It's not a style like a, you look at you look at Derek James and what he's done with Errol Spence and he's got one of the Charlo brothers now. I can see what he's trying to do. We're going to be combination punches, but we're going to be defensively sound. We'll, 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 if we have to operate from a high guard, we will, but when we're in range, we let our hands go. It's the style that works. Always has worked in boxing. Sims, I don't think, oh, wow, get in, mate. Fucking get in. Get in on your jab. Get in. That's all it is. And these kids aren't realising how much harm this is doing to their career because the first couple of years you're a pro will define what you go on to achieve. I don't think it's a coincidence, though. O'Hara Davis against Josh Taylor should have been a far closer fight based on the respective talents of the two guys. But you saw the difference between someone who was in a camp where there was a clear philosophy and a clear plan of what to do, and someone who wasn't. Now, what's the solution to Matchroom's problem? I personally think you say to your fighter, pick your own trainer, because most of them will just pick one of their amateur coaches, and amateur coaches tend to be a bit more progressive because you have to have more tools in your locker. I don't see there being many trainers outside of Adam Booth in the United Kingdom who I really, really rate highly. So what do you do? I don't know. But, matrimony in a mess, Frank Warren less so, because he can just revert back to the Tibbs, get him in with one of the Tibbs family. And, they're good enough to get guys over the line, so the Tibbs guys I have no problems with. But, <laughs> boxing's just fucked. Yeah? It, it, it <laughs> In terms of us producing talented... It's just fucked. Like our footballers, Like, we don't produce number 10s in this country anymore. We don't produce dribblers who can actually deliver a cross. We don't produce one to nines or 11s either. No, it's, we don't...
2: Yeah, we... we, we, we That's not limited to a number yeah, 10
0: position. Yeah. In England, this is what we produce. Centre halves, centre midfielders, and a few centre forwards. Why? Because it's very basic to teach those positions. And you can overcoach those and take all the individuality out. So, for me... I like watching a guy like Anesu Twala because he takes everything a coach should have taught him and throws it out the window and goes, this is how I'm not going to get hit. Respect that. Why Why is no one else teaching that? But then
2: you say about football and like Hearn has basically turned the top level of British boxing into the Premier League anyway, whereby you sell this narrative that we have the best in the world and then fuck, when we actually have to go overseas or somebody overseas comes and invades our land, we suddenly go... Nah, they're not that good, are they, really? Like Kel Brook, we've been told for years, is the best 147-pound fighter. Errol Spence comes over and just blows that myth away entirely. Same as, like, you know, if you watch Sky Sports coverage of football, you'd believe that Chelsea, Man City, Man United are the best teams in the world, and then actually,
0: they're not. And they do the same thing, don't they? They get these numpties in front of the screen like a Paul Merson. For Paul Merson, read Paul Smith Jr. You know, just idiots absolute idiots to come on and bang the drum you know they just get their mates in and and at what point will sky go we're going to get slaughtered by any broadcaster shouts out to free sports new tv station about to do boxing they might do you know so they might do something different but stop getting these company men in front of the screen to talk out their fucking backsides this is a 50 50 fight why is every fight on tv a fucking 50 50 why? What fights have genuinely been a 50-50? So if someone says to me, Kinella v. Golovkin's a 50-50, is it fuck a 50-50 fight? Golovkin is the overwhelming favourite. You know, what fights are genuinely 50-50? Klitschko versus AJ was a real 50. Was it fuck a 50-50 fight? So you have guys who have no balls to make a decision, or even worse, you get Richie Woodall. You know, it's just fucking depressing. The, the whole boxing edifice right now is just depressing. You know, I hope people are getting paid because this is bullshit. Shouts out to Steve Goodman for not being bullshit.
1: Did you um, did you see, um, who's, that, who's that guy on Spice, Guy Sports? Charlie Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. Who's on their panel. So they were talking about the uh, Britos tackle. Did you see it? No. The Watford. He comes in and he, he's a horrendous tackle, right? He comes in and great. I think it was last week. But just going on from what you said, I watched BT's version of the Sky Sports Saturday the other day. I was saying on there, there's there's um, uh, a mixed race woman that's just retired from football, um, from women's football. Then there's um, was she accused of
0: being a thief or criminal?
1: No, no, was no. She she was she harassed in any but way? But no, this is BT's version. Okay. But it was like across the across the board, there was basically it was quite quite. A, Reasonably diverse selection, which was highlighted by the fact that when you go on to Sky Sports, you've got Phil Thompson, Charlie Nicholas, Paul Mercer. Talking about who they'd smash. <laughs> Just Would you, would like, you smash it? Old, old blokes. And then when they were talking about the Brittles tackle, we went, uh, it was like, what do you think to those tackles and that sort of thing? And uh, Charlie Nicholas goes, I'm telling you, new. No, if that were me, I'd kick him out of the club. And then Jeff Senning goes, you'd kick him out of the club. And he go, and then Chai Nicholas clearly had realised that what he was talking was absolute shit. And then he went, yeah. <laughs> 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 right, maybe, that's maybe. why you don't own a football club, you cretin. <laughs> maybe he meant the drinking club. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: honestly, it just made me laugh. But it's is—it's it, it it's it's this whole thing. And I blame all these fuckers, all these fuckers that buy tickets, all these fuckers that on Monday are going to be there with their Fight Pass subscriptions, these fuckers. Fucking idiots, yeah? And then the, everyone's oh, I'm going to get a ticket to go to Cardiff. Hey, get on the beers. Hey, hey. Not realizing you're perpetuating this bullshit. Just don't buy any AJ tickets unless the fight's worth having. Imagine if this Cardiff thing only sold 10,000 tickets. But you fucking sheep will go out there and buy your tickets, man. It's an embarrassment. Don't do it
2: you got Johnny Nelson saying this is a 50-50 fight because of Kubrat Pulev's amateur background. <laughs> He's fighting an Olympic gold medalist. He really
1: said that? He's a 50 fight?
2: Yeah, Johnny Nelson was saying, you know, Joshua's got to be careful in this fight because oh, of Kubrat Pulev's amateur background. He's fighting an Olympic gold medalist, you fucking idiot.
0: Do you, remember, did you see that Sky, That Was it the Sky Sports Matchroom? They put that tweet and they're like, Pulev, what was it? Michael Sprott.
2: Oh, yeah, he put his... <laughs> His history against British fighters. It was like Michael Sprott. Uh, was it Danny Williams? Maybe I can't uh, even remember. someone like that. Or and then who was the kickboxer?
0: Uh, there's Sprott, and then there's the other guy, the hairy guy. I can't remember. But yeah, it was from, just from bunkers. Reading. There's bunkers. one from Bedford. There's one from Reading.
2: Um, no, Sprott's from Reading. It's, it's, uh, I know who you're on about.
0: But yeah. And uh... and I was like, you're really. So I just respond of to of my David Price version, which I thought was appropriate. You know, because David Price is, you know, he. He's probably equally as threatening, but he's actually put Joshua on his ass. So why don't I have David Price in there?
1: I just want to give a quick shout out to Carl Chapman who has asked two questions that I've found in our t- t- question selection that we've already answered. Sorry, Carl. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, one about uh, at Roman Gonzalez and one about the ITV debacle and the streaming and such. So apologies, Carl. And thank you for your questions. But here's a question I want to
0: put out to the... New Boxing Universe. Is this just a boxing bubble right now? Because it feels that way, doesn't it? It feels like everyone's trying to grab the money now. But it doesn't seem that there's that much money to grab. And Frank Warren made a good point where he said, you can't keep having these shows on the same Saturday. Because if I want to go and watch Billy Joe Saunders versus Willie Monroe next week, I... And then I'm like, well, Karen Smith is boxing as well. I'm diluting the audience and immediately people are going to go, well, the numbers aren't that great. Why are we even bothering with boxing? And this hurts everybody. So we all need to ask ourselves consciously, are we, are we participating in a boxing bubble in a year from now? The New Age podcast will just be talking about a Carl Greaves show somewhere in Coventry.
1: Uh, Warren seems to me definitely uncomfortable with the way that Hearn is running boxing.
2: Not as uncomfortable as he was about uh, Mick Hennessy putting this fight on YouTube, by the way. Uh, If you haven't seen his IFL TV interview where they talk about the relationship of who promotes Huey Fury, he's basically saying, I promote him, Mick Hennessy's doing this fight. That's not quite verbatim.
0: Oh, that was hilarious. Is that that when he's walking to the station? Or the one after? No,
2: it was one after that. It was a static one. Um, But yeah, they were basically saying. He was saying, you know, this is on... What he, in a nutshell, said is this is on Mick's shoulders. Like, he's decided to put this on YouTube. They're getting the money for it. They're fronting it all. After that, hopefully, I think he was kind of insinuating, Huey Fury comes back here. In the meantime, let Mick have a go at this. And then see
0: see what happens. Hilarious. (laughs) Did he he say something like, I think Mick and his his pals have put the money up for this one. He like he, he looked like he was like It was so dismissive of what's going on.
2: For someone who was claiming, you know, I'm Huey's promoter, mix doing this he was so dismissive of it. It's actually like brilliantly hilarious. You'd almost expect him not to watch the fight. Yeah. I don't expect him to be there. <laughs> it's uh Well no one
0: else's, are they?
1: <laughs> um, i the- the uh, When talking about the way that Warren is, I can't figure out if it's sour grapes or he genuinely has any concern for boxing.
2: Oh, he cares about boxing, Frank Warren. Like, don't be mistaken about that. He That Box Nation platform for a number of years has been a bit of a sinkhole financially, you'd suspect. Topped up by Raynham Steel. Uh, I think Bill Ives of Raynham Steel died the other day, um, who was a huge boxing fan. Propped up a lot of that channel, I believe, um, or I've heard, Allegedly. Um,
0: (laughs) Careful. Not long to go now. (laughs) Don't trip over (laughs) the line, please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Who was that bird at the World Athletics
2: Championships winning the gold about two metres out and fell over? over. That's what I feel like right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so... Uh, Frank Warren has been there for thick and thin. Eddie Hearn's turned up like out of the blue yeah. with a, a golden spoon in his mouth. Frank Warren has done the dirty work, the hard work over the years mm. to get where he is. He cares about the sport. For all that we might laugh at Frank Warren for some of the stuff that he does, being a bit old school, he cares about the sport. If you had to ask me who cared more, Eddie Hearn or Frank Warren, it would be embarrassingly one-sided. It would be like a fucking next-gen card. <laughs> um,
1: Tom Humber asks, does Joyce... The Joyce versus Lewisham matchup show Hayes' faith in the man, uh, i.e. Joyce, or is he recklessly accelerating due to the time, um, time slash money, Joe being 30-odd?
0: He's asking that question, like, Ian Lewison's the second coming of Mike Tyson, man. (laughs) Ian (laughs) Lewison's a 35-year-old man who who loves burgers and KFC and loves deadlifting. He... If Ian wanted to dominate British boxing, he could have one last run at it. I, I think he's cool where he is. Joe Joyce is a man in a hurry. I don't want to see Joe Joyce against Nick Webb. I have no interest in that.
1: It seems like a reasonable matchup to me. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know where he's coming from. If,
0: if Joe Joyce can't cope with Ian Lewison's power and 10-ounce gloves... Better we find out now than I, I, six months down the line. I definitely
1: think being 30 is influencing the decision, but... I, it's a fast <laughs> track job, but... Yeah, but it's not reckless.
2: No. No, but a shout out, like, that whole Dave platform, putting
0: Joyce on there. Yeah. Um, Goodwin Fighters. Goodwin You've got very Lynch. vocal, eh? You love Dave now, don't you? <laughs> ah, listen, I'll go back. I remember the words that were being said about Dave. He's fighting the Cobra on Dave! No, I never said that. I never said that whatsoever,
2: because I was there. I couldn't risk my press pass. (laughs) Um, So, no, like, the whole Dave platform, David Hay, hopefully bringing more dates. I know you were just saying a minute ago about the risk of all these clashing dates. But this on a Friday, this on a Friday, Friday boxing is brilliant. Make no mistake, because you finish work on a Friday, you go home, you fancy a few beers you realise there's free-to-air boxing on, on a Friday night. And you've still got the rest of your weekend. That's great news. Like, that should be embraced. It's something a little bit different. We saw last time out that um, Hay takes a risk with his shows when he was promoting his own ones. This one's at the O2 Indigo, which is a theatre setting, um, rather than traditional like stadium setting of having all the seats around the ring. This is a theatre setting, so you've got all the seats pointed at the ring. So that'll be interesting to see how it goes. I'm I'm
0: waiting for Hearn to go you know we did the Kell Brook Golovkin way in there and we sold it out 10 times over. (laughs) And it was so packed, we didn't even let Lawrence Acoli in. Yeah. And we still signed him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's, um, you know, Goodwin Boxing are doing the kind of, it's in association with Goodwin Boxing. It's a great platform for some of their lads on there. Like, just get behind it.
0: It's terrestrial TV, free-to-air boxing. Hopefully Liam Conroy gets on there, (laughs) you know? You know, what, you know, what a great man. The great thing about what David Hay is trying to do is, and if you've, if you've listened to David talk at any point, he's always mistrusting of promoters, and he's always believed if he did it, he'd do it differently. And what he cares about is making sure the fighters get paid. That's what David Hay ca- cares about. So why put Joe Joyce in against someone like a... Uh, mate... No idea at the moment who's for AJ Carter will pick as an example. Why put Joe Joyce in with an AJ Carter? It doesn't make Joe Joyce any money. Joyce against Ian Lewison makes Joe Joyce enough money that he will fall in love with the sport and its rewards. Then you can think about a rational next route upwards. But if you keep doing that, eventually you're knocking on the door of a title and all you need is something to fall your way. Like, look, look at the WBO. I think Joe Joyce takes either one of those two guys' now so i i'm excited with what he's doing it'll be interesting to see what he does with what i'd call some of the the lighter lads like the kesh ashfaq who i still think has more seasoning required willie hutchinson but he's super talented i yes. think Ke- ashfaq is really good but you you saw in the olympics he still needs maybe a couple more a couple of laps around the track before you can really unleash him in willie hutch well, he's from Leeds, so it's only down there. they Leave the him in Sheffield. <laughs> <laughs> and then Willie Hutchinson, right, from, from the guys I know in Scotland, they tell me he's special. So Hearn's got to ask himself, how are these guys slipping under the radar? You know, even like a guy like Fred Evans, if Fred Evans can rediscover some of that talent he had, you know, you've got to ask yourself, Hearn lets these guys slip under the radar because Hearn signs names without necessarily signing the talent.
1: Okay, Danny Watley asks... Um, simply does Skeet beat Horn if it gets made? I say it does. From uh, what I've heard, what Danny says.
2: From what I've heard, it's a bit of a red herring, and it won't go ahead. Um, just word on the grapevine. I don't think Skeet beats him. I mean, Horn's just beaten Pacquiao. Skeet's just fought Day Elevens. It's such a leap. And I know Horn had never beaten anybody of Pacquiao's caliber before. Um, but uh, I don't know. Skeet needs a bit more seasoning for me.
0: Look, you know, if if someone like a Jeff Horn, not a Jeff Horn, was in Australia and it was too expensive to send Vardar or Wada out there to perhaps test for prohibited substances, perhaps he could be filling his boots with God knows what ahead of a fight. And if he were to fill his boots and come in in perhaps similar shape to that which he fought Manny Pacquiao, although that's not to say this is the person we're talking about, Bradley Skeet would have no chance because I don't think Bradley Skeet's a dirty athlete and I wouldn't want Bradley Skeet to be going abroad to be fighting any athlete that might have any suspicions of steroid growth hormone and EPO abuse attached to them because God knows these Australian athletes are clean, aren't they?
1: (laughs) Okay. um, Walker. Ask, does Frampton going to Moore allude to what Terry said a few pods back regarding experienced fighters getting tired slash bored of trainers or thinking they can do it better themselves and just picking someone that suits their training training regime better? Or do we know if Moore is actually a decent trainer?
0: Well, we don't, actually. Um, Moore, Moore's one of these Sky Hype men. And I, to be honest, I like Jamie Moore. I think he's quite sensible about boxing, but he is one of the Sky Hype men when he needs to be. I think there's a bigger play here. I genuinely, I, I refuse to believe for a second MTK would let Frampton leave Cyclone and they don't get a cut or not a cut, sorry, and they're not involved because you know MTK really want to be a standalone platform. So I can imagine them, you know, making these manoeuvres and saying to Carl, look, we we will give you a similar deal to what AJ has with Matchroom, whereby, you know we are we manage you, but really we don't take that much out of you because you bring a lot of kudos to what we're doing. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the bigger play because I know Jamie Moore's involved in MTK a fair bit. But in terms of the actual training, you think about what Carl Frampton needs at the moment. He needs a man who's going to watch his next opponent, distill what his next opponent does, and devise a plan to beat him. He needs to keep Carl Frampton in the mental state that equips him to fight and to make sure that he is both physically and psychologically ready to fight and that he comes in on weight. He doesn't need to teach Carl how to box. He just needs to guide him there and get him to the start line and you know, make sure he sticks to a plan. Jamie should be able to do that because he's not having to teach Carl that much. I'd be more worried if Jamie took on a five-fight novice and try to build him because he hasn't got that depth of experience, but he can lean on the Travis family, who I think he leans on a lot for experience anyway, Calvin and Nigel. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I know there's a the flexibility of Carl be, being able to live in Ireland now, family life and stuff. So it's all good, but we'll see. You know, I know I know Martin's got his views on this one. Not really,
2: nothing that doesn't echo your own. Uh, it's a more holistic approach than just the training, I suspect. As you've alluded to, you know Jamie Moore is very close to MTK. Um,
1: is it because he can he can now um, train in Ireland? Is was another point that you raised.
2: Nah, uh, not necessarily. I mean, he's got a young family, Carl Frampton. Uh, so you know, yes, he wants to be back home. I'm sure he may well have taken them and up to America. I'm sure they have got plenty of uh, options out in America they could have taken up. Wouldn't have been uh, difficult to do that. So I don't think it's necessarily the island thing but i do think it's an mtk thing.
1: Uh, Cow asks Kid Galahad, what the fuck is going on with his career? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Kid Galahad, uh i've no idea. Like they keep <laughs> photographing Dom, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> they keep like trying to get him in these eliminators and he's just being blocked down every single route by the looks of it. Like at the moment you've got Josh Warrington, you've got Lee Selby, you've got Carl Frampton you've got Scott Quigg and then you've got Kid Galahad looking in from the outside at all of these Reese Bellotti unable to catch a break anywhere I've no idea what's going on with him at all but you know we hear all these stories that he's such a super talent are we ever going to see it or is he just going to be a washed up you know 30 something year old that never got the chance
1: from the disgruntled People's Republic
0: of Yorkshire valid country (laughs) (laughs) ranked number 6 in the WBO
1: (laughs) What they want to know is, with Chaylen six weeks ago, he was not granted a license. Five weeks later, Warren wants him. Hey, presto, he's given a license. Right, so yeah, this... Your this comments. Inadvertently
2: <laughs> links back to Kid Galahad. He was meant to be fighting um, Kid Galahad on the Eubank Jr. undercard. Um, and then he gets popped for doing cocaine. Terry, you know the drug side of it better than I
0: do. I don't think cocaine on... is bad. It, it's not on the list of like PED substances, is it? It's it, a recreational. It, it's a ba- it's on the banned list though. So it, it triggers a test. Yeah.
2: Okay. So he gets popped <laughs> for it prior to, um,
0: I'm sure it was the Galahad fight. And did he have his Nando spiked as well?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so Robert Nando's Smith going under, cause it's just severely unprofitable. Cause they keeps spiking yeah. everyone. Can, food can I get the bottomless Coke best. please? <laughs> So wow, Robert, I fucking love Nando's. I'm so wired. So, Robert
0: Smith of the board. <laughs> she like, Galahad gets an invite from Kelly Sourly. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of the Macho Beasts. They're fucking
1: awesome.
2: <laughs> Can't eat their jaws are just grinding, <laughs> swinging away. Wow, that chicken looks grinding. really chewy, Kala. <laughs> I haven't started it, mate. <laughs> Uh, right, so Robert Smith turns down the application for Kalen to fight in this country because of his cocaine test uh, coming back positive. Six weeks later, it's seemingly okay for Kalen to come back to the country <laughs> and fight Josh Warrington. So, why
0: like, why is that? I don't. Maybe it was just the form Have you taken drugs in the last two weeks? And you ticked yes. This time you just ticked no. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, fair enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> In you come um, No I, I don't get it Whatsoever It's a really weird situation Like how is it That he's allowed to Six weeks out? Like, Is, is it this just a British a...
0: boxing board Yeah it's The same one that just mandated Frank Buglioni Versus Callum Johnson And you know Just hey presto Shit happens Because they never get Interfered with do they
2: Oh fuck off Your Anthony Yard <laughs> Bum sex Jesus <laughs> The only man Who can duck a fight And then Tells everyone else That he's being ducked It's phenomenal <laughs> it's phenomenal we go into this every week
0: the greatest light heavyweight (laughs) since Bob Foster (laughs) Um, he might have beaten Bob Foster hey forum guys smoke that in your pipe
2: so Caelan, Jalen I, I genuinely don't get it whatsoever like is it just a matter that cocaine works his way out your system and he's promised that he won't take any more before the fight I've no idea. No idea at all. But it seems like it's now fine that he can come and fight Josh Warrington. Who gives a... F- like, Josh Warrington versus Kalen, like... They ought to be giving out cocaine to the people in the fucking audience to stay up for that fight. Because you know it's Josh Warrington. It's going to go 12 rounds. It's going to be terrible by the end of it. And we're all going to be bored. And it'll be fucking one twenty one oh eight and the whole of Leeds will be elated about it. They ought to be giving Chaelin's supply out to the fucking people that are, <laughs> are stupid enough. Or they've probably got enough of their own anyway in that arena. I've seen yeah. how
0: Leeds arena looks. Yeah. Well, it depends on the undercard. If they put Leeds fighters on, I'll watch it just because, you, know, you know, some good Leeds fighters out there. Sam Smith.
1: Um, Another question from the People's Republic of Yorkshire, A disgruntled. With all these high-profile boxers going on about their battles with depression not the most sensitive way to put it but never mind (laughs) i wonder which came first depression then drinking drugs or maybe the other way around well and i i i I know that if you mismanage uh like steroids and stuff like that if you don't ramp up and ramp down properly it can severely affect your testosterone output and affect your mental health why would you go
0: straight to steroids (laughs) I don't know know, I think
1: yeah
2: (laughs) if you're not very good at Microsoft Excel (laughs) I think the person asking this question is strongly hinting at the fact that there are so many boxers that suffer with depression you know look A it's a very lonely sport anyway so like I can understand that mindset whereby you might get depressed because you've got to be so self-centred, so self-focused, lock yourself away, not interact with other people. That is quite a depressive environment in itself. Yeah.
1: Not only that, but you you hear it from a lot of top sportsmen, performers and so, other sports that when once they're away from that, that big crowd atmosphere and they go back to their home, back to their yeah. wherever, back to their locker room. That and
0: adulation like, and then they're back. Yeah, but, but it can so, be so So one of the things that I've been looking into is the the notion of chronic inflammation and it's this idea that by subjecting your body to constant stress you increase the inflammatory response and now they're realizing that this affects some of the enzymes that I mean that produce serotonin and so forth so they're actually starting to make that biological link between inflammation and depression now when you're a boxer you do nothing but subject your body to stress yeah. Whether this is... Inflammatory
1: ha- distress, nonetheless. Yeah.
0: yeah, so is this having an impact on boxers? I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't, but this is probably going to be the emerging area of investigation. What is the stress of a training camp on your body? What is the stress of the fight on your body and the maintenance? What impact is that having on boxers? Because we need to solve this. Like It, it seems to be happening with increasing regularity. That's not to say that it wasn't happening before, or that awareness has increased, but we need to start looking into this because the way it was explained to me was with chronic inflammation, you get to a point where your immune system and other systems cannot tell whether something is really good or really bad. So it just defaults to one or the other. So if it thinks everything's really good, you become hyperactive and you get the anxiety. And you see that with a lot of recreational drugs, you end up on that side. Or it starts to think everything is really dangerous and you become, and that's what they class as depression. So it's how do you manage that? And it's an emerging area of research. And as I find out more, hopefully I can update our listeners who are interested in all elements of the sweet science.
1: Of boxing. Um, I think. I also think, like we were talking <clears> about before, <throat> the roller coaster nature of boxing doesn't lend itself immediately but all, to good mental health.
2: Also, you've got don't forget, boxers are people of extremes. Like by nature, they're people of extremes. Yeah. So the fact that you're willing to walk into a ring in front of a thousand people, two thousand, ten thousand, you're somebody who can handle extremes of emotions. Um, and so therefore, don't be surprised that boxers outside of the ring are also people of extremes. You get very few that actually go home and like live a family life and they're very quiet. You get a lot that go off the rails and they do things that UCAD probably wouldn't approve of if they turned up, like out of training camp. And so they're balancing a life of hard training camps, cutting weight, being aggressive, being angry, you know, being moody because you're cutting weight. And then when you come out of that extreme, a lot of them go to the other extremes of handling recreational drugs, booze, etc. cetera. Um, so yeah, you know that lifestyle in itself and, is a car crash
0: mix. And people don't realize the psychological impact of cutting weight. I always remind people, go and watch Cyborg doing that weight cut to 140 pounds and she's literally there, borderline death. Like she was ill yeah. after that. And you realize that can't be good for the body. And anything that's not good for the body, because remember, your stomach is linked to the brain via the vagus nerve, I think it is. So there's a direct link between your nutrition and your mental health. So there are all of these elements that we're only now starting to understand can impact your mental health. But an interesting statistic, sorry. Oh, just to, okay. When you give a population sample an antidepressant, it seems to work 40% of the time. When you give them a placebo, it seems to work 30% of the time. Which should let people know that it's not as simple as we think it is. Because if a placebo is close enough in impact to stuff like Prozac, we need to ask ourselves, are we doing the right thing?
1: Is it the same... Th- is that 30% it- of that 40%? Do you know what I mean? No, no. It's, it's like a direct couple, comparison. Yeah, 30 to yeah. yeah, because if that are that 100%, f- a hundred people, 40 of them feel better on antidepressants yeah, but it, and it, a separate no, 30 feel good on placebo. No, then no, they are they
0: are very different. No, approaches. no, no. But essentially you take your samples, right. And you randomize them. So, you, so it's got to be double blind and randomized. Uh-huh. There's certain control groups. Yeah. There's sort so of, there's certain things where before it can even be peer reviewed, you have to have the right structure. And so the output comes out and it goes, no one knows which group is which. And you supply them and you go, right. So in this group here, 30% of the time we're seeing that, yeah, yeah, it seems to work, and that's a placebo.
1: 40% with the drugs. Okay. So it,
0: it, it's it's, yeah. fa- it's fascinating that the realms we're drifting into in terms of the science into mental health.
1: Seamus Campbell asks, what do you guys think of Biba? Do you think they will ever be properly recognised or accepted by the BBBOC? I think, Martin, you don't have anything to say about this. So, Terry... <laughs>
2: Look, for a start, the idea that they would be uh, recognised is the term, I think. Well,
1: properly recognised or accepted. No, no,
2: look. So, for people that are unaware of Bieber, it's the British Irish Boxing Association run by a guy
0: called Gianluca De Caro or Rio. What's his real name? Uh, That doesn't sound like a real name Gary Smith. It sounds like a Facebook or Twitter name. I
2: know what his real name is. I won't be uh, sharing it here. I'm sure he uses his name that he uses publicly for a reason. Right, that bit just
1: got cut out so that (laughs) we... (laughs) <laughs> that was the equivalent of a beep. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, continue, continue seamlessly, Martin. As if you
2: never said anything that was probably slanderous, but whatever. I wouldn't uh, do such a thing. Um, right. So, Bieber are a sanctioning body. Uh, is that the term? I can't remember. They. So, you've got the British Boxing Board of Control that sanction fights in the UK. Bieber are essentially their competitors. Now, the problem that you've got is. As a, a fan, like, you know, Andy, would you know if you went to AJ versus Klitschko, would you know if it's the British Boxing Border Control or if it's Bieber that are licensing that fight to happen? Uh, you wouldn't have a clue, would you? No. Like, the BBB of C there's logo no, doesn't yeah, there's appear. There's no advertising on it, no. No. And so you've got uh, the board sanction these fights. It's made up of area councils. And then you have the head of it, Robert Smith. Um. So they come up with the the rules of the sport and they are there to uh, rank fighters, make, you know, mandate fights. Now you've got Bieber who are, they also sanction fights in the UK. So it's a really odd setup that they will run shows at the same places that the board have shows. So York Hall has been used many times by Bieber or as it was called the Maltese Boxing Commission prior to Bieber. Um... So the two are... They're not diametrically opposed. They're not completely against one another. Like 90% of what they run probably has the same rules. You know, people get in the ring, it's three minutes, you have a referee, a ten count, etc. It's not a completely different sport. It's just there are some nuances that differ between the two boards. Do you have any examples? Um, So the British Boxing Board of Control don't allow you if you're currently, um, I think, on probation... Um, or if you've got an outstanding um, court case or anything like that against you, then you don't get licensed. How are you going to this dinner? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, if you've got a legal, like a, uh, you know, the police are after you for something, um, then you're not allowed to have a license. And that extends out to certain scenarios. Whereas a Bieber, they accept that these are boxers, these are lads that have probably got a bit of history, and therefore they'll, they'll sanction you still. It's not a problem. So that's one of the examples. So it comes down to those little nuances. But there's, there's the nothing
1: specifically in the way that the, they expect the actual sport to be structured. No, no. So, no. so,
0: so, just just to to layer something over, what happened was, it might have been the Maltese Commission that challenged this, but someone said, "Hold on, this is the European Union. There shouldn't be discriminations based on borders." So. A governing body in Luxembourg should be able to have bouts anywhere within the European Union. That's the single market. In the same way, the British boxing board should be able to have shows anywhere. So the European courts were like, absolutely right. This is how someone then went, I'm going to Malta to set up the Maltese Boxing Commission. But I can promote, I can license fights in any country in the European Union. That's where the problem came because before it was just territorial. I mean, the Maltese Boxing Commission was run out of London anyway. Yeah.
2: Let's- <laughs> It wasn't based in Malta. Um, So will it ever be accepted? No, it won't ever be accepted. It's not like the British board are going to go, oh, let's just make one happy family. It doesn't seem to be any incentive. So the thing is that the British board aren't mandated by anyone. It's not like the government um, keep an eye on the British Boxing Board of Control. They're just self-appointed. I just I, as are Bieber that so they're, me. they're this body that oversees the entire sport that is not overseen by anyone else they're the top of the tree so weird um, and so Bieber have just said well we'll make our own tree and then we'll sanction fights over here so the problem that you've got is that 90% of the talent in the UK is, on, is licensed by the British Boxing Border Control now you can have a British Boxing Border Control license and fight on a Bieber show they'll also license you but it won't work the other way So the British Boxing Board of Control won't license Bieber fighters. You have to get rid of that license and then you can go and fight on it. So Paul Economides is an example of a fighter who was... uh, And he was actually... Andy, you and I went to Tony Moran, Roy Jones Jr. press conference up in Liverpool. Paul Economides became the main event of that fight when Roy Jones pulled out. He was fighting for the WBF international title or something. So, like, this is no problem we'll come on to in a second, but he was, like, the main event of that, and it was this big event up in Liverpool at the Equestrian Centre that no longer shows boxing. So, he was a WBF, World Boxing Federation or Foundation, international title holder. Now, to put it in context, when he got a British board licence, he's now fighting for area titles. So, like, these belts that they're giving out for the Bieber, NBC stuff... Like that shows that's a direct comparison of where Economides yeah. fits into the um, the ecosystem, as Terry would put it, of the boxing world is that he's an area level fighter, but he was being broadcast by them as like the WBF International superstar, or whatever. That's where he's at. That's his level, and that's fine. So Bieber has this really small talent pool that they have to try and like. If you're friends with Gianluca DiCaro on Facebook, which I am. Every single event that is run and sanctioned by them is a phenomenal event. Like, this is an event you must see. You must do this. It's really weird. Like, he acts as promoter and runner of Bieber. Right. It's a really weird... Um, it's a weird couple of hats to wear. Yeah, it really is. Um, So, Robert Smith, you could label the board as like a little backward thinking because the board... I've got a friend who works at the board. Um, They're not really allowed to engage on social media... They don't really put stuff out on social media, whereas the Bieber lot are all over social media and they'll actually converse with you as well, to be fair. They'll have a conversation with you if you pose a question, if you make a point. Um, But they also come across a little bit petulant. So if you ever suggest that something may effectively be bollocks, then they'll they'll argue it back. Have a look at who the number one ranked heavyweight by Bieber is, because they do their own rankings. The British board don't publish rankings, Bieber do. The number one heavyweight, ranked by Bieber, is Herbie Hyde. Herbie Hyde has not fought in seven years. Herbie Hyde... Doesn't need
1: to. Doesn't need to, mate. Just number one <laughs> boxing. Number one boxing. So mate. If,
2: if you ever want to make your uh, organisation look shambolic, you make Herbie Hyde the number one ranked <laughs> heavyweight. How can anybody justify that? How can anybody justify... Was he still
0: number one when he was in jail?
2: No, he's only just got a license with them. He hasn't fought for them. So it's not like he was fighting for them seven years ago and he was really good and then he went to prison or whatever. No, he's never fought on a bieber license show, but he's their number one heavyweight and hasn't fought in seven years. So if you want to make your organization look quite bad, pick a fighter that hasn't fought in seven years and make them your number one in the division. All you've got to do is look through their rankings and I think Jody Meekle, Jody Meekle, fantastic man from Scunthorpe, used to be a journeyman on the British boxing scene. He did time in prison and lost his license, and so he got licensed by Bieber. Journeyman, um, lost like, I don't know, 110 or something, lost 60 fights or something. He became the Maltese boxing champion at like heavyweight. I'm like... Uh, Again, that shows me exactly what level you're at. Now, I realise he's better than his record may well suggest, but it doesn't mean he should be holding any titles. They've mm-hmm. also sanctioned fights with these stupid belts. They've got like five, six organisations, and there was a justification the other day, and I realise I'm on a rant, sorry. No, there was sorry. a justification the other day that you're giving out belts to people that deserve belts because they're not going to get them at the top level. So, what? That means they don't deserve belts. <laughs> that literally means they do not deserve Everyone
1: belts. Everyone can have a belt. If you can yeah. have a... Buy new I'd boxing like, gloves
0: with a free belt. No, no, but you know, but just to tap into this, this this belt fucking mania. Like in the amateurs, you don't get a little trophy in a middle anymore. You get a fucking belt. Like, a fucking belt for what? Do you know what it is? This is what happens, right? In boxing magazines, in those back pages, someone just goes, you know what? Yeah, trophy's 50 quid. We'll do you a belt for 30. So people just get belts. And, and, and a belt gets Instagram likes, doesn't it? So people just... Why do well, I don't we Why about we
2: do we know where do stems from. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got these... And it seems like every week they get a new body that they're working with, like the PBC, the WBF, the WBU, and then they fall out with them in time, so you bring in another one. You've got, like, four or five different, like, belting bodies that... You then giving out these like absolutely meaningless trinkets, right. like li- like meaningless. Okay,
1: here's a question for you: <sighs> Why is there an overarching uh, regulatory body? Forget the money, because at one point that was that was irrelevant in football, whereas in f- boxing it's so fractured. It's not is so a, fractured. In in as much no. as no, because there's you've not got, an overarching body. You've got the Premier body, League and the Football League. They're two different I know, but they're overarched BFA. by the right, FA, which uh, then overarched uh, by FIFA. No, no, you've no, got no.
2: that. The British board are the overarching body. Like, make no mistake about it. Now you've got a splinter cell of Bieber who um somebody that I once spoke to, very highly respected in boxing, right? This isn't my words, this is their words. So nobody sue me for this. This is just what I heard. They said, look. The board aren't perfect. The board are far from perfect. And actually, there's a risk that if somebody came along and did this properly, the board could get overturned. There is that risk because the board do some really stupid stuff at times. Bieber aren't the right people to do that. They're not doing it properly. They're not they're not making a good enough case for themselves for boxers to say do you know what I'm going to hand in my British licence I'm going to go and fight for Bieber because look at how many have done that the only ones that have done that to my knowledge are those that have done time and can't those fight those that can
1: exploit the variations that suit them. I no
2: longer have my licence I'm going to go and fight for someone else right, So, what would?
1: License. can you think of a handful of reasons what, what a handful of attributes that a new regulatory body would attract to new boxers be more social media savvy
2: release rankings make it more uh, opaque because you know Terry rightly so goes back to why has Callum Johnson got the Frank Buglione fight none of us can answer the only people that can answer that are the people that sat around that board meeting and said Callum Johnson gets it none of us know why a man who hasn't fought in 12 months is mandated to fight so the British more champion transparent, more make transparent. it more transparent they release the note but the notes are so and so will fight so and so so and so will fight so and so an eliminator. It doesn't tell you how they got to that decision, and it's annoying. If because... they told you how you got to that decision, then people like Terry, people like me, couldn't sit there and pick it apart.
1: It's, typ- it's a typical of uh, a body feeling they're unanswerable to anyone. Yeah, so there's not, it... not
2: even a ranking. I can't see who their top ten are. What it will tell me is who the eliminators and then who the final eliminators are, but it doesn't tell me who are the top ten that you're considering for the positions. Now, if you told me that, then I could at least take a gauge on where you rank Anthony Yarde against all these. Number one. <laughs> But, you know, it would start to answer questions that would leave less of a vacuum for people like us to speculate about. And I realise I've gone on for ages about this, so I
0: apologise.
1: No, I think it'll be well received. Um, Terry, do you have anything to add? I don't
0: care about that. Good stuff.
1: Uh, Okay, so David McGinley. Ah, VIP. Legend. Icon. Joseph Parker. Do you guys think he's good? What does he do good? And what does he do bad? Yeah, uh, he picks opponents. How, sorry, just to go on from there. If Huey Fury beat him, how high would you rate Huey for that win?
0: The um, number seven in the WBO.
1: How how well, how does he fare against the other five to ten heavyweights? So there's quite a lot to that to unpack. But Look, here's the thing start about with how good Joseph it, Parker is. Here's and the what thing about your,
0: Parker Parker was smart enough, and we talk about this all the time. He just played the WBO rankings, and he was like. If I sit around here long enough and have enough meaningless fights, I'll get to number one in the WBO eventually and get my title shot. So he just played the system, that's like Hugh enough. Fury did, and that's what, the thing about the WBO is this: if you park yourself in, eventually it's like a rising tide. You'll get to number one eventually if you just have enough fights. It doesn't have you. you they don't really do eliminators and stuff like that. You don't need that unless the title's vacant. Yeah, that's a good thing, though, right? No. Or not. No. Well. Look, there there are different ways of working out who's number one. To be honest, I'd rather they just sat there and said, we just make it up as we go along. I'd respect that a lot more. (laughs) Who's got the biggest wallet? Okay. So Parker's done that. He has nothing special. He's not great defensively. He's not a heavy puncher. He's a guy who can just get through fights against middling opponents. In Huey Fury, he's going to fight someone whose default position is to be awkward. So he's going to have to solve a fair few problems. And if he doesn't do that, Huey will pick him off and Huey should win that on points. Where does Huey sit if he wins? He's got to be, he's got to be one of the top five heavyweights because he's got a bloody belt, for God's sake. Who he defends it against, I don't know. My suspicions are David Hay will be looking at that belt with covetous eyes because he would want it for himself, and he understands that he could pass that down to Joe Joyce if he needs to keep the money in the stable.
1: Thank you. Uh, Mo Hassan asks, why does Warren struggle so much to promote his quality fights with BT Sport backing a fight such as Billy Joe Saunders and Moreau? It should be much bigger.
0: I don't think he believes that will ever happen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely.
0: And, you know, maybe that's just got me sued. I don't know. I, I think Warren makes these fights. You know what it's like? It's like you ring a lady and you go, look, how about we go and grab a film on Friday and a few drinks? And she says, yes, on the Monday. and You're really happy for about 30 seconds. You're like, what if she backs out? And you keep expecting her to make an excuse throughout the week. So you never really get fully enthusiastic. And then you get there, you're not really that enthusiastic. She picks up on it, and that's the only time you ever see her. And I think that's what Warren <laughs> does. Hearn's the opposite, right? Hearn, Hearn will get that same number phone on the Monday, and he'll be telling all his mates about it. And even if it doesn't happen, either like, oh, it's her loss anyway. And they have two different ways of approaching it. But what ends up happening with Warren is, we feed off his energy. If he's not that amped up about it, he hasn't really sold Willie Monroe to us. I think I've done a better job of selling Willie Monroe to Agreed. the public because Willie Monroe's the black Billy Joe Saunders. He's a guy who a lot was expected of and hasn't quite delivered it. So on the 16th, people are talking about this is just a keep busy fight for Billy Joe. He's in a hell of a fight because Monroe doesn't engage. So you've got to go looking for him and you're the home fighter. So let's see what happens. I wouldn't be surprised if Billy Joe lost. I wouldn't be surprised if he won. But Warren should be selling this though as a, as a fight that means something.
1: Uh, Riku Heikler asks, if the Parker Fury YouTube pay-per-view model is a success, how do you see promoters and boxers using YouTube pay-per-view model going forward?
2: This is fascinating, isn't it? It's, um, YouTube's such a huge platform. They share the Google servers. You could fit billions, it was it a billion hours of footage a watch per day worldwide that on sounds YouTube. Sounds about right. Um so look It sounds right, I should say. Not it's about amazing, right. I have
1: no context no frame of context
2: it's, to understand. It's amazing this hasn't been used before, and it's amazing it's being used for this fight. Like I could understand <laughs> I could understand if they went Anthony Joshua's next fight. If if Anthony Joshua said, look, next week I break away from Hearn and my next fight will be on YouTube, you know that is gonna sell five, ten million worldwide, like at ten pound a go. That's gonna sell fucking loads and loads. Now, Hughie Fury versus Joseph Parker has been so horribly underpromoted that like yeah. e- even if you advertised it on YouTube to everyone who watched right now, if you did that annoying little five second vignette at the beginning, nobody even watches them anyway. So like right now, I just feel like they're they're sinking money into this, and I can't see how they're going to get it back. I think it's brilliant that somebody is testing the water to do it. I'm just given that you've still got Frank Warren saying I'm Huey's promoter, I am amazed that they've gone down that route with this fight because we've what two weeks left now. Like I, I, just don't
0: see how that comes off. So I'm torn. It's a gamble I wanted someone to take. Um, my question, if I had Mick Hennessey in the room, would be, well, it'd be two. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Who the fuck are you anyway? And second question would be, <laughs> That's how, not a question. how? How? how <laughs> Welcome, how, Mick. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose a question. Yeah, but but the second, but more importantly, it would be how involved are Google slash Alphabet? in the actual event or have they just bought a slot which they have to then economize themselves? I don't know, but let's just say theoretically it wasn't Huey Fury and it was David Hay. Cause I thought this is what David would do. I'd imagine someone like David Hay would say, look, if we're going to do this, what we need you to do is put a banner ad every time someone searches for boxing or knockout or whatever. Yeah? There'd be keywords that would trigger this. If Hennessy has that deal, and I haven't seen it yet on YouTube, if Hennessy has that deal with Google, that that little kind of banner advert for the fight comes up anytime you type something boxing-related. Anytime related you in. watch an IFL video. Yeah, or anytime you watch a, a matchroom show. Yes. Now, that would be genius. If Hennessy has that deal, I would lick his feet just for the genius of it because then you know you're going to sell. But right now you're hoping, let's be realistic, you're hoping for seventy to 100,000 UK sales, you're hoping for about 20,000 New Zealand sales, maybe 5,000 Australian, and then you're hoping to pick up pockets of activity here, there, and everywhere. But even that's being optimistic. So I'd love to see the... The business model Hennessy's got for this.
2: It is mad because you've got Joseph Parker. Is it 1.8 million he's being paid to come over for this fight? So straight away, you need 180,000 buys at £10 a go just to pay for Joseph Parker, like to cover that purse. You might notice I've left out the ticket sales element of this because they (laughs) They haven't been (laughs) in. They pretty much won in the
1: competition.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everyone just show up
0: on the day.
1: Yeah.
2: So, like, the ticket sales seem to be fairly horrific like with Sky it, look Sky invest the money so Sky give an X amount per TV show to put on the card YouTube aren't giving Hennessy X amount of money to put this card on if anything Hennessy is paying YouTube X amount of money for the slot to be able to do this and to have the server space available for the four people that are watching <laughs> um, just a portable hard drive it certainly we've seen that way <laughs> one because... terabyte mate I saw you
1: but the a, a, a logical way to do it would be to sh- to revenue share, which would which would give Google a reason to promote it on YouTube. Yeah, but
0: well, if I'm Google, I'm starting to go, well, who,
2: who who the hell is Huey Fury? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I'm amazed at this I, I, I'd be
0: like, I'd, I'd be like, whatever, Alexa or Cortana, Huey Fury. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, who? And they put a picture up. like, I don't know who that is.
2: That's, that's Huey Fury in the news, isn't it? Yeah. That's Huey Lewis.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I'm sorry, Terry. I, I, Huey do you, Fury does not come up. But we have Tyson Fury. Yeah. But the fact is, is he fighting? No, he's not. Now uh, we're not in. No, sorry. he's
1: fat and still banned for cocaine use. <laughs>
0: but the fact is Can that, you get cocaine for us? <laughs> you need
2: to get 180,000 buys to pay the Joseph Parker purse. Then whatever Huey Fury needs. Like, this needs some serious, serious selling over the next two weeks. If not, it's a sinkhole of finance. They may as well just pay Canelo
0: to wear a... Buy tickets on his T-shirt. Plus,
2: someone out there, ask Duco Events, right? On my behalf. £10 to buy on YouTube. Duco Events in New Zealand charge about $60 per Joseph Parker fight. Someone out there... Like, that's their own pay-per-view deal they've got with the network. Someone out there, get hold of Duco Events... And ask them the question, are you happy about this? Because how hard would it be? Like, it's, it's marketed at only being UK and Ireland at £10 each. How hard would it be from the New Zealand area to just get a VPN to say that I'm in Ireland and buy that at £10 and screw over their entire pay-per-view model in New Zealand? They cannot be happy about this.
0: They can't. I think the money's been put up front. I think Hennessy's scraped, like he's probably remortgaged his seven houses and gone, there's your purse. And he's hoping he makes it all off the top. Peter Fury's
2: a very rich man, apparently. Like maybe he's invested I don't think he's
0: put a penny. He's not an idiot. (laughs)
1: He's
0: not, no. Um, He's probably there like, I wanted wanted BT. Mick, this is all you. I'm going to put money in. Well, that's (laughs) what Frank's done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Rico also asks, if Anthony Joshua leaves matchroom at the end of of their contract, that he describes as november 2019 what impact will this have on matchrooms boxing deal with sky sports and we have talked about this in the past i don't know donate too much i think time if
2: if hern could say joshua like if he leaves Hearn but Hearn still says friendly enough that joshua stays on the sky platform then i can see matchroom being kept on it's whether matchroom can afford to do it without joshua that's the biggest question
1: um, did you answer, uh, David McGinley, where would you put um, Huey Fury for Beats Parker? Yep. How? how where would you place him? In, yep. In the top... I said top five. He's got a belt, so you have to. Right, okay. Um, right. Let's move on to our previews for the week uh, coming up. We'll start with Callan Smith, Eric Scogland.
2: Uh I don't know anything about Scoglund necessarily, other than he's a light heavyweight coming down. I know a few people say that he's a bit of a threat um i I don't know enough about him I know enough about Callum Smith to know that he's a relatively one dimensional Gallagher fighter um that's never been tested so
0: look, I'm gonna watch it because I think it's brilliant that it's on i t v four thing about swedes is, you know what you're gonna get with swedes they're quite one dimensional themselves so it'll be all fundamentally sound with that kind of Nordic strength and toughness so it'll be it'll be like watching Badu Jack it's about whether he can just be that consistent for 12 rounds against someone who will be hitting back.
2: Yeah, I don't know Scotland enough to give it a proper preview, but, you know, good. Because Scotland will hopefully give Callum Smith a test, if nothing else. And we can see if Callum
1: Smith is the real deal or not. Um, If he wins this, does it mean he's the real deal then?
2: No, not necessarily. Right. He's still got the winner of uh, Brant and Bremer Bramer, uh, in the next round. So Don't
0: sleep on Robert Brandt. You know, he's out of that part of the world where they tend to go missing for a while. You know? (laughs) Um, Sheffield? No, America do it too. (laughs) Holiday camps.
1: Right, we've got a couple of questions uh, on Golovkin Canelo. Jack Blair asks, would Golovkin versus Canelo have been a bigger fight last year? both coming off somewhat poorer performances by their standards. Now, I'm not a fan of this question, and much as I support the fact you've sent it in, Blair, uh, Jack Blair. Thank you very much, mate.
2: Of the boxing promoter. Download the boxing promoter. Have a play with it.
1: Um, but I, I, It's a massive fight, and we've got it. So I, I, I certainly think, I feel like it's maybe looking for... Looking for Looking the worst for the, in something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, what do you guys think?
0: Well, I'm sure a year ago we said, now give it another year. So, yeah. Uh, look, we've it's, been asking for it for
1: long enough. The fact it, that we even have it should be a cause for it, celebration. It,
0: it, it's happening at a time when both men are still physically capable of doing what we know them to be able to do. So, let's let's just get over this. Because it's going to be a bit of a lull for a while. Because we've been spoiled since 2017. And we're going to have a bit of a lull with that Joshua Pulev-Dross and probably a haybell urematch that we all have to pay for. And we're all going to get bored. Um, so let's just enjoy the high point of 2017.
1: Is there anything to be said about um, pictures coming out of Canelo looking really bulky? Is there any he's made out
0: Looks like he's got A good holiday camp too Yes it does look
2: like Like that gut That he's got The Andre uh, Andre Berto stomach That he's got on him um, Yeah you know I, th- I thought he'd eaten A tortoise <laughs> Oh <laughs> um, Yeah No he does look bulky Whether he keeps At speed Probably depends on How scientific His holiday camp Has been
1: um,
2: Do you think He needed to do that Bulk up
1: or do you think it's a bit of fear, maybe? He's
0: a big man anyway, isn't he? Like, he's a natural middleweight anyway, so... But also, I think he's been able to eat a bit more, because I don't think he's going to fuck around with 154 anymore. So he's just there, like... He's got six pounds more that he yeah, can put on. Man, so, like... Burritos, man. Need the burritos. Yeah.
2: So, man, what a fantastic
0: Mo- fight. Like, everyone get behind this fight in yeah. the weekend. It's, it, it's a weird one, because someone asked me why this isn't a bigger fight, and I said, none of these bastards can speak English. <sighs> And that's one of the problems that holds us fight back, essentially, is if they could speak English well, there'd have been a fair bit of you know tension and trash talk and that sort of thing. They could have
1: done a world tour of press conferences. And, and,
0: and, well, they and, did. We said that. They yeah. came
2: to London. Oh. And you couldn't. Get... ironically, Billy Joe Saunders was the best English-speaking person in the room for
0: that. Yeah, I think Derek was, but <laughs> he didn't say anything. that I
1: didn't even know it happened. Yeah. We discussed it the other week. Yeah, you did, actually.
2: <laughs> I remember now.
0: But, but therein lies the problem, you see. These aren't guys who... Are gonna give us reams and reams of verbal content because their English isn't that good. So we're like well, it's hard to engage with it. What we're excited about is we've got two guys at the top of the tree facing off against each other. That's what we're really excited about. But it doesn't translate into the casual or the super cash, you know. I'm sure the forum monkeys out there, yeah, listen, I still see you. I'm sure those forum monkeys, you know, who love to hate on me. And sure they'd be like, oh my God, what are you talking about? Um, it's the greatest fight of all time.
1: Mohassan asks, how do you see the fight panning out? Is Canelo too small to cause any real... damage?" Dent- I've got money on G- Golovkin
0: by knockout. And, yeah. and my logic behind Specific is this. Specific round
1: or just... just? No,
0: I didn't choose rounds because no. it's hard to tell with Golovkin. But here's the problem. Golovkin has... He's knocked out guys who are, you know... Uh, he hasn't really knocked out anyone who I'm like, you're an absolute animal, you know... I think Miguel Cotto saw the last ball and he was small at the weight. And Kell Brook, I mean, had the best holiday camp in the history of holiday camps (laughs) and couldn't put a dent in Golovkin despite lifting him off his feet with an uppercut. So I'm like, I don't think Canelo's going to be able to do anything to Golovkin. So now my question is, will Canelo take those sorts of punches? And listen, Mayweather was touching him up nicely. Let's not forget that. The issue I have is you have two guys who seem to be good as front runners. Yeah. If they can establish dominance early, take confidence from their opponent, they seem to be good. When they're up against it, they don't seem to look as good. But I think Golovkin has more tools and has more experience to turn that around. I don't see. You know, I know Spencer Fearon will talk about fights in 1977, and they're probably parallel. Well, with, what no would be the
1: evidence for what you just said there in Canelo, in Canelo's history? What,
0: being a front runner?
1: Be. Not being a front runner, basically.
0: Well, where he's not been a front against yeah. Mayweather,
1: is that is that, is that it?
0: Um, Lara, right? Okay. Um, Trout gave him hell. These are all guys who've given Canelo problems, and he was lucky against Lara. Let's be clear about that. That could have gone either way. Trout, okay. Trout just didn't show up. But essentially, but like, anyone who gives them trouble, it's a lot harder for them. The people always t- will always cite the Canelo fight against Kirkland ago. look what he did to Kirkland. The guy came down from 200 pounds to like 154. So he was always going to be up against it. In Golovkin's case, look what happened with Danny Jacobs when he met a man who was big enough to push him back, push him around a bit. Golovkin became a bit more timid. People say he was old. I just thought he he was like, well, I can't get away with what I want to get away with. So i gonna find another way to win. So let's see what happens because something's got to give in this fight. And I have a feeling that Golovkin is... He's got enough in the tank and he's got enough of an equaliser that I can see him doing a number on Canella.
1: This is pay-per-view over here, right?
2: Something oh, it is isn't. it isn't. Box Nation have come up with this contrived mechanism whereby if you pay... Oh, I'm not going to go into it, but yes, it's the nature of it. Right. If Unless you're not you... a
0: subscriber of anything to do with Frank Warren, you've got to pay. Yeah. If you are, you don't. That's in a nutshell. Right.
1: Uh, um, what's your prediction, Andy? Come on. What For it? Um, I must admit, I've... Everything I know about these uh this, this fight really is garnered from what I guess you two have said about it. Um I I thought uh, similar on 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 the line of what Terry was saying about Glovkin, he seems to have been rattled a few times in his recent fights. Um I hope I think I like I hope that Canelo wins. Um But I yeah, I'm going to go Canelo. I'm going to go Canelo. Mm. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> Canelo Stein points. Your style is Oh, Canelo points. Canelo points. I'm
2: fairly confident in it as well. I don't know why. Like, I've no reason to be confident.
1: I just think... Don't worry about being confident about it. People are putting bets on all kinds of crazy things this, this I, summer. I,
0: yeah, mine's Golovkin by <laughs> stoppage. People
1: somehow won on Bellew winning. Like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Golovkin, Golovkin likes somebody to... Attack him, and I think Canelo won't. I I actually think it's going to be quite a cagey affair.
0: Yeah, but Willie Monroe, Willie Monroe was the guy who thought, "Let me be cagey," and then he got touched. It, the problem with fighting Golovkin is this: it's when he touches you, yeah. And, and it's about if you can stand up to him giving you a shellacking If he hits, let's say he hits Canelo with four solid shots, and Canelo just shakes his head and goes, "I was not
1: born with my share of fear." <laughs> Golovkin, mm. you are next, my friend. Yeah, I I do think that's definitely definitely true. If Golovkin can't hurt him because uh, Kel Brook did well against Golovkin, but Golovkin just absolutely destroyed it. Yeah, he just ate it he?
0: <laughs> Remember, he, he he does that that thing where he just pulls his fist and goes, "Okay, come on."
2: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I just think I can see Canelo getting a dodgy points win. It's in Vegas. It's set up for Canelo over yeah. Golovkin. Uh, I think if it goes to points, I can see Canelo taking it widely. Um,
0: but I think Canelo's problem is he hasn't been in those sorts of hard fights. But where, arguably, he's neither Golovkin. No, no, But the thing with Golovkin is he's been in with guys who can hit already. I don't think... Who's Canelo really been in with who can bang? Liam Smith. That's the point. Hey, you fucking for, shitbag you are. You're a fucking <laughs> shitbag. Fucking shitbag, eh? Fucking shitbag. Fucking shitbag. <laughs> uh, no, 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 you're a shitbag. You've shit you, you sh- you he's, he's again. He's
1: faced nobody who can bang, you think?
0: No, yeah. Canelo hasn't faced a monster yet. This, This is Canelo's real monster. This is his breakout fight. If he wins this,
2: he becomes... On a par with Joshua, perhaps. It's ah, like, it's beyond Joshua if he wins this. I don't know. I think the English, as you said earlier, will always hamper him. But he said, Golovkin, you are next, my friend. <laughs> but this is a breakout fight. Golovkin, is an older man. Like, if he wins this, he's got nowhere to go, really. Like, he's yeah, run out of I, opponents. Does it
1: harm the, does it does it harm the sport, sport if Golovkin wins? Yeah.
2: Potentially. Like, he's got to go
0: up to super middleweight. Yeah. If Golovkin takes this as a legacy fight and goes fuck Billy Joe Saunders or, or or the day after just goes to Billy Joe's camp in Sheffield and goes we do it better than Big Bear crack walks out just chins him
2: there's nothing in a Billy Joe Saunders fight Billy Joe Saunders isn't a legit, legitimate enough opponent or threat for anyone to go oh you're running from Billy Joe Saunders if he goes to super middleweight like if he wins this fight I can see him just dropping all the belts and going to super middleweight The problem is you've got the super middleweights tied up, albeit there's still a few like Benavidez cracking win at the weekend, albeit he was a little bit exposed. Um, And James DeGale knocking about. So
0: look, over in the UK, that is a money fight. I'll tell you what I'd like if he just said, I'm defending belts in both divisions. Yeah. I'd respect it. If he said, look, I'm going to just sit at my natural weight. I'm going to fight these guys. I'm going to fight these guys. No one's having any of the belts. I want eight belts. Yeah.
2: But it, you know, like Eubank said, he'll do that—go up and down divisions. Golovkin could reasonably do that. He clearly <laughs> makes 160 kind of relatively comfortably enough. Well,
0: at the end of the day, he has to fight Eubank Jr. or he's got no legacy.
2: Or go to DeGale. Take DeGale. Like go straight to super middleweight and take DeGale. Like do that fight because DeGale's not tied up in the world boxing super series. If he wins this fight, I'd love to see. Him Mate, do he's that. just had his mouth
0: repaired. I don't know if he needs that. <laughs> he doesn't need that in his life right mm-hmm. now. But or, or Kovalev. Who has now split from John David Jackson? You see, we'll see the comments from
2: John David Jackson.
0: So I heard the interviews. So funny. So the, the interview. You called him an arsehole. Oh, fucking. <laughs> Do you know called Kovalev an absolute arsehole. But, but so, so I listened to it, and there were two bits I found interesting. One was when he was like, you know, Kovalev doesn't listen to anyone, now the money's gone to his head. But the second bit was when he was talking about sparring, and he goes, I kept touching him to the body, and he was doubling over. And then I was like, this guy must have rung Andre Ward or his someone and told him because Ward went to the body in that rematch in a way we haven't seen before. It's almost like Ward knew. Looking back with, with the wisdom what, of hindsight. The, the Ward camp that approached John David Jackson. And offered him money. Yeah. But they offered him a percentage, whereas the Kovalev camp offered him a flat fee and they guaranteed it so he stayed. Yeah. Uh, but it was in that was really interesting to to, to realise that maybe this stuff was leaking out. And you look. For all these fans, that think boxing is a really noble sport. It's dirty as shit. But we love it for that.
1: <laughs> we wouldn't be here if not. We've now broken the two-hour barrier. Uh, so I'll probably miss my train, but we want to carry on. Any other business, basically, because we have fulfilled our agenda. Yes. So, free sports are a new
0: TV station coming up. So, they're going to be doing um, a load of different sports. So, Argentinian football, maybe some ice hockey and so forth but one of the things that's interesting for us is they will do boxing now rumor has it is dennis hobson so the first show might be october 13th in sheffield so it looks like dennis hobson will get a tv platform as to the mix as to the complexity of boxing but it's an opportunity to do something different so let's see what those guys do but you know it's another avenue for young fighters. You want to get seen. This is another avenue. Why don't for
2: they it. vary it up? Why, like, why would they put all their eggs in a Dennis Hobson basket? Why wouldn't they just approach well, your Steve
0: Woods, your so Steffi th- Bulls, your Steve Goodwins, your Dennis so, Hobson? So bas- I think the plan is because Hobson Stable's not deep enough to run multiple no. shows. So you would you'd want alliances. I'd I'd imagine Dennis will be in full. Diplomatic mode And reaching out to people
2: No you don't want to do that Through Dennis They've got to do it Directly to I, I to,
0: think you. I think I think you want, that's fucking mental If they do that I think you do have to do it Through Dennis no. in, in the same way That if you look at Dave <clears throat> Dave goes through Haymaker And Dave go. David goes Okay I've got my guys But I need Steve Goodwin Yeah To augment what I'm doing Because
2: there's different levels To that There's different platforms So Steve Goodwin Will look up to Haymaker Ringstar You've got Richard Schaefer On that board You've got David Hay On that board like a Steve Goodwin, a Steffi Bull, isn't gonna bow down to what a Dennis Hobson says. Why not?
0: Because it's Dennis Hobson. But what you know, fucking Richard Poxon. many people have to bow down to that knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I said that. I said that because you know, the... well call, call a spade a spade. <laughs> Look, in football you have a fit and proper test. I'm happy to be sued on this. We have you have a you have a fit and proper test in English football, right? And it goes That fails. Constantly. Well, 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 <laughs> so what's your issue with Poxon? Look. I don't get this okay, at all. Like, okay, it's simple. How has this guy managed to get into ITV having basically fled the scene of a number of fucking catastrophes, right? This is the guy that, and you, I only know this because I spend so much time up north with work, and people go, "That nah, Poxon. How, how did he get his house? Someone's driven me to Poxon's house like in South Sheffield. And they're like, mate, hey, this guy worked in a steel factory. He knocked about in a gym, managing a gym, worked for a defunct promoter in Ricky Hatton. How's he got a house like this? And I'm like, lottery win? Is it fuck? Inheritance? Is it fuck? And you start to look and you go, okay. And then you hear other stories in other cities. I can't name the names who told me, but they're like, look, if Hatton ever gets the balls to sue, you know who he's going to go after. Okay. And you start to hear these things. I'm not saying they're true. Right. What I am saying is, if I'm an ITV exec and I've got a list of promoters I could work with, he's not top of the fit and proper test, right? Why? Like, no, no, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold you on. You can't base that No, it no, upon... no, no, wait, hold on, hold on. So if someone says, here's a list, I've got Steve Goodwin, and you go, right, what's Steve Goodwin's background? Financial advisor, does well for himself, doesn't even need boxing, does it because he enjoys the sport. How big is the stable? Deep. Okay. Attractive, right? You agree on that? 100%. Okay. And then you go to Errol Johnson. Errol Johnson has a lot of guys who aren't in Steve Woods' catchment area. Can run shows from Stoke down to Plymouth. Manages how many people does he manage? Sixty, maybe? That's a okay. That's looking appealing. He does well for himself. Steffi Bull got South Yorkshire locked down. Any anything? Nah, that ex pro Awesome. Thank you. So at this point now, you've got all of these guys who are pretty strong candidates to be working with. Yeah. Richard Poxon. Well. How many fighters has he got? Adam Etches. That's a lot. Yeah. Loads of fighters. Fantastic. Who does he get on with up north? None of the real... Nah, they don't like him. Lancashire? Don't like him. Yorkshire? Don't like him. So how's he...
1: So you, but how can you say Richard, you actually
0: don't like him when you've got Kid Galahad on there? You've got Kel Brooks sat like, down the same row as him. You can't say you no, 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 don't like no, him. No, 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 well, no. Well. But who likes those guys? They're, they're matchroom guys. They're not guys who, if they got turf from matchroom, they're not guys that would walk onto someone else's show because, like I said, there's a lot of stuff no. that happens. This it, is sweeping. This no, 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 is sweeping. no, 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 This is, this is, this is fact. I have no, I have no dog in the game, but I do not get the dislike for Richard Poxon now, no, no, it's not dislike. <laughs> it's, it's this, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, no. It's this. It's mate. You have been found in situations where money's been missing. Where? Wait, wait, what is this? Where? You can't say that. And no, 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 not no, 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 no. I, I can. Just in the same way, you can say I've heard from someone who said something. We can't drop names in. But what is the situation no. where money's gone missing? Money's gone missing from gyms. Is this right? the one from nine years ago? Well, I read a story what? about no, it. No, no, nine no, years no, no. ago. Why has nobody yeah. done anything no, about no, it? Is is that, in nine years. What happened with the hat and thing? What? Because. When you finally go in there, you go, right, someone, someone really ordered these books and there are holes. And then you're like, okay, I don't necessarily know where the holes came from, but I know the guy who was at the funnel where the money came down. And what I'm saying is this, right? And this is my point once again. When you've got a list of promoters you could work with who are far cleaner character, you have no allegations. Any allegations against Steve Goodwin that you know of? Not one. Thank you. Right, so there's a list of promoters you could work with. But I
1: could make no, allegations no, no. against anyone. No, 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 no. So what, you're saying, so what you say? So what you saying is, what he brings to the table? Um, when you one compare fighter. that against against rumors that you no, hear no, surrounding no, no, no. So,
0: let me finish. Let me finish this. Right. You bring one fighter to the table. It's not like you're that respected that you can call on anyone from anywhere, right? So all of a sudden, because I'm, I'm sat around the table, I've had to do partnership negotiations before. There's a certain checklist you've got to hit for me, and I'm looking at that, going against that checklist. Richard Poxin is nowhere near the top five. Like, come on, Billy Nelson will deliver more than Poxon will. So then I ask myself, why would you go with Poxin, and why would Poxon take the gig? And yet, <laughs> wait, 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 you end up, in a, no, 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 you end up in a situation where you're like. It puts someone right at the funnel where the money comes down and it goes. Here's a budget for the show, and this is why I'd quite like ITV to declare what the purses are because. But no, no other promoter does. Well, well not no, no, one no. in the UK. No, but I, I, I think ITV get to share the license fee, don't they?
1: Nope. I think they do. Nope. No, I think that's Channel Four. Is it Channel? They four? get nothing. Yeah, Channel Four are public broadcast, but ITV are, are Private. independent.
0: I need to check that, because I think they do. I think it, the idea was it's spread across 100% the 100% they don't.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll have a look, but yeah. I'm pretty certain it's just Channel 4 yeah. that are part uh, Milton of Milton public... Keynes here, turning on me, buzzing <laughs> no, again. No, but I'm just saying, no, no, but I'm here, just saying, I here, really have no dog in this race. I don't know okay. half the people you're saying the names no, no, of. No, no, but here's
0: my point. <laughs> I, I would worry if an organisation as big as ITV went with someone as poorly qualified to undertake the role of delivering televised boxing as Poxin is, And I say that relative to the other options that were available. And yeah, so I get what you're saying. I entirely get what you're saying regarding
2: one fighter in Adam Etchers. But then your model is to bring different fighters in. So you've brought in David Price. You've brought in Kid Galahad. You've brought in Lee Selby. You've brought in
0: Chris Eubank. That's just four of the names off the top of my head. But you haven't brought in Chris Eubank. The Eubanks do what they want. Now this is from people. Right, right, right. Let
2: me finish. Let me finish. So you've got Chris Eubank on the platform now. Chris Eubank could go to Sky and probably make a deal there. He could go to any channel, but the fact is that he's on ITV. The promoter on ITV is Richard Poxon. Therefore, you have to say that it's gone through Richard Poxon. Now, whether it has,
0: it has. You don't know that. I do know it. I know. I do know why. Because the guys from ITV train with us. We know. We know. That's why I'm suspicious, because I've asked this question to them. And I'm like, and they're like, we don't make these decisions. I'm like, what has Poxin got that ITV can monetize? That's what I'm trying to understand but if here. your model is to
2: take people from different um, outlets, so you know, you've managed to take Martin J. Ward for the last fight against Anto Kakache, you've basically got somebody who has one fighter that they manage that they promote. So therefore, he can work with lots of others. So if you took somebody who's got 50 fighters under their stable, then you're limited to those 50 fighters. If you've got somebody who's got one, then they can go and take from other places. They can borrow fighters. They can take fighters on short-term agreements and let them go again. You can get them on medium-term agreements.
0: But it's a different uh, model to what or, we're used or, to. Or, or the model is, if you're the guy getting involved, here's a budget to organise a card. 150k, picking the number out of the air. If I do it for 90... If I do it for 90K, that's 60K. We'll split it. Why? Because you're going to tell your guys there, we did it for 120. We're all laughing. Perhaps, but why... No, no, no. no. And, And if that's the case... We don't need that on public TV. But if, now, Sky no, say, if Sky say to Eddie Hearn, your budget
2: for the year is one million and he manages to get away with making cards for 500,000, where do you think
0: that money goes? Back give to it, Sky. He doesn't yeah. give it to UNICEF. No, he doesn't no, give it to Sky. No, no, it has to go back to Sky. No, it doesn't. Well, because you've got to... What do you mean, no? Because you've got to audit your, your accounts. you got to go at the end of the year, your publicly traded company... What did you spend on boxing? But if Sky's boxing budget is £1 million yeah.
2: and Hearn delivers a product that Sky are happy with for £500,000, then that £500,000 that's left
1: over
0: goes to well, Hearn. All I would
1: say here, no, when it comes to... Unless bus-
0: it's a success fee. Well, well all Because right. we don't know, one of two things is true, right? No, no, and this is, this is a legacy of having done these deals before. If, if you're doing it for half the price, you've overshot your estimates. Do you see what I mean? So if someone comes to me with a business case and they go, it's going to cost £5 million. And they come in at two and a half million. I'm like, you massively overshot your estimates. So I'm going to pull you up on that. Yeah. So you, you can't have this two and a half surplus and say you did well, because I don't know if you did well, because you might have overshot and then come in under, you know, that whole over pro- under promise and over deliver thing. So you have to have that, that order thing that says, show me the figures. Well, and and I, I would have suspicions as others do that, a few grand might, you know, move around here and there. Others have these suspicions. Not me. I don't want to get sued for this one. That money might move around.
1: Right? Well, when I want to say when it comes to budgeting, and that yeah. you always get creative accounting. So it's, I feel it's a bit of a misnomer in the first place. No, no,
0: no. It's you're you're exactly right. You will get creative accounting that says it was this, it was that, it was this, it was that. We had to move money here to do this. Doesn't happen in every
1: sport, in every budget, to anticipate
2: ITV to release these figures and to expect them to release the purses and not expect Sky to hold the same account and give the same accountability. Why? Why Why? we don't? We don't. Why do we need uniform standards? That's why I don't understand. But why would you expect it of one and not another? I do not understand how you can isolate well, I, that. Well, because
0: I'll tell you why. Because no one has ever labeled stuff at Hearn and said, yeah, Hearn's taking this, Hearn's taking that. No one has. So we're saying, look, this guy has a name that's dirty in his local area. It's not like mm. someone in Glasgow is throwing mud. It's like we, we're people who've known this guy since he was a factory worker or an engineer, wherever it was. We've known him. Uh, should you be accountable to rumour, though? Agree. What? Is there oh, any fact? Oh, No, 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 no. Why shouldn't you be? You should be accountable to how people in your circle hold you, right? In the same way as if someone comes to me and says, Martin Theobald's asked me for an interview, I will give my view and go, Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, he'll be reasonable. I would. And, and, and I'd, ex- I'd, I'd expect them. <laughs> Not him. To, no, <laughs> I've heard I'd, rumors about. <laughs> and I'd expect that to hold some weight because they're like, Well, he's in a position to know him. What I'm not prepared to do is have this this argument that says, well, if X, we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. Because I'm like, I'm sure there are guys that did. I'm sure Hatton gave him the benefit of the doubt when others were talking nonsense. And now go into Hatton's gym and go, what do you think of Richard I, I
1: think all of this hinges on, it's all on information by... that we can't put down in this argument. Do you know what mate, I mean? Well, like, no, if no, if, if that, you no, came out as information... Mate, that... That's what boxing is
0: yeah boxing is and martin we all do it boxing is this is what i've heard but the person will never go 100 100 yeah so there are people who i respect in the sport people whose views i genuinely respect people who have also helped me out before so i know that they can make things happen and they're like this boxing deal stinks in terms of let's forget the product for a second the product might be okay him in that position that, that whole plain sight thing, no one up north is comfortable with that because they know. They know him, right? That's a fact. They know him. So they draw conclusions. I'm not going to say they know what he's like. They draw conclusions or what he's like based on what they've seen him do and based on what they know from their circles. Now, I would take that over... My own individual view Over another person's Individual view That's not in that world Because Like boxing is It's a small world You're in your little circles Look at What's this guy's name That got done for the tickets uh, Cy Clayton And is there Brian King involved as well Uh, He got done For money out of Cy Clayton You see Now if I'd said this A month ago You'd have said What What do you base it on If I'd said That guy's dirty <laughs> And then we'd be here going, oh shit, yeah, he was right. These rumors don't come from nowhere. Well, because I don't know. No, no, because okay. boxing's like that. It, the minute you've got some dirt and you can stand behind it, mate, you will throw it. That's those how views expressed is. by
1: Terry Chapadama are those of Terry Chapadama alone, <laughs> connected to New Age Boxing Podcast.
0: But yeah, I, I mean. I have, no, I have no idea what time I want to get home at this point. <laughs> so I hope the audience enjoy this. <laughs> and Andy, Andy, have you got a spare bed somewhere? <laughs> yeah, they, I think we often get accused of all agreeing
2: too much on things.
0: So no, it's know. I'll I'll no, it's no, a healthy on debate On this one No one can convince me Poxen's a guy That should be running ITV Over and above the list Of other guys Who could have yeah. done the job
2: And I, whereas I see it from He's a lone wolf With one fighter There are I've heard rumours I've can, heard rumours Can, the can rumors. I ask you something why, why don't I do it then Have you got a promoter's licence
0: well, I can get
1: one Okay well why did not you do it so and that's you I've, you know, mean, I've heard it, a no. rumour That you don't have A promoter's licence <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Don't get yourself sued <laughs> But this is the point. And the pox and rings, he goes, what is this guy on about? I mate?" Mean, tell him Terry said it. I said it. This you know what? Because there are people who are like you know, they ask legit fucking questions that you look at and you go, yeah, I would want to ask those questions too.
2: And we need to get someone on who will ask these questions. And then we'll see well, if Poxon
0: wants to come on and answer it. Yeah, let him come on. Right, listen, we'll open that. One hundred percent That's what we ought to be aiming for. You know, on that basis. Yeah. Like, so yeah, so when he rings you, you tell him I said it all. Don't let's worry let's
2: him. find the questions right. and then let's get the answers yeah. directly. Like that's the only way we can really put because, it to bed.
0: Oh, well, I mean, we can put it to bed by going, show us the numbers. But uh, yeah, again, that's because holding one no, person no, to account in a no, role you wouldn't hold another. Well, that's okay, that's fine. We madness. Know, we know, madness. We, no, no, it's not madness. <laughs> when the, the, indiv- no, no, no. no. the world of an individual, it's not like we're passing universal laws here. We're saying here's an individual here. We'll ask questions. Let us deal with him. If we need to ask it of someone else, we will do. It's like Hearn. If Hearn puts on a bullshit card, I want to be on here and go. I'd like Eddie to come on and explain this card. But I don't. I don't need Frank Warren to explain this card until I have an issue with his card.
2: But because there are rumours of something, you expect, therefore, an entire audit of the you know, accounting system. Do you know, do you know, no,
0: I don't even think it's rumours. Like, like, r- rumours are, I heard from this guy that this guy did that. The people themselves that got scorched have said this, man. They've said he is dirty and they've said why. And what if they're lying? For
2: what? To fucking but, ruin well, someone, tarnish someone's name because they don't like the fact that they got a TV deal that say they didn't or someone they're involved uh, with
0: did Ah, no.
2: Well, no, no, no. It happens no, all the time. People no. dirty people's names because they don't like what that person's got. The jealousy
0: factor. No. Well, look, they're promoters who are doing all right out of all of this. Why? Because they keep their noses clean. What's that thing? If you've got nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear.
1: So argue the inarguable this week. Uh, <laughs> Terry, We've Richard Poxon so is long. the greatest promoter in... We've gone so long. Ah. Look, I, I feel wholly
0: uncomfortable with that because I would. If someone said to me, I have one question to ask ITV, I'd say, on what basis is this guy running your thing over and above these other guys? That's my only question to those guys because no one sees it. And you, you say he can pick fighters, but... He's just. This is trash, isn't it? He's picking the the dregs that Selby, promoters are like. Ward, Eubank. No, nah, but three fights on the last nah, card. The, the Selby one. Listen, that Eubank thing. You have to separate that line. No, right? you don't. It's the yeah, same no. card. Eubank doesn't answer to Poxin. I'm not saying he does, yeah. but he got on me on that card. No, nah, he can go out there. Chris here can go. Look, we just get Selby. Selby will go up to Eubank and go, We ain't talking to Poxon, we're talking to you." But it's madness. You're already not making sweeping statements and grand assumptions. No. There's no assumption here. That is what happened. I asked the question. Based on. Look, like I said, we train in the same place. I asked that question. I said, Who's really in charge, Poxon or Eubank? And I was like, do you really think Richard Poxon can tell? But I train what in what
2: the game? same place as someone yeah. that knows Richard Poxen. They no. said the opposite.
0: You don't, though. No, no, but you don't.
2: <laughs> can't prove <laughs> you know, it. That was a shrug. shrug well, no,
0: or, no, 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 or you can, or you, <laughs> shit, just come down and say, how many people in this gym work for ITV? And they'll go, yeah, put your hands down if you work for ITV Sport, and you'll have a couple of hands up. The guys come and train with us. Why? Because we're the closest gym to them. Fact. Let's get them on. That's a fact. What well, they can't come on, can they? Oh, yeah, Richard Poxton is dirty as fucks. Yeah, I'll just resign now. But why? Well, they make Terry Richard Poxton
2: has no power within
0: this, <laughs> then they can say what they want. Well, well, but they've still got jobs to do, and it's like you can't be out there talking about ITV without having media training. It's a condition of your employment. But, Simple fact.
2: I'm sure they could leak it. No.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, no, no. They I, just I'm kind I'll of wishing I hadn't gone like, through my question. They, they, they just did, and you said they have no proof. So, my whole point is this you, you can try and defend pox as much as you like. Here's the Look, reality of it. I ain't defending no, anyone. No, you shouldn't be on a platform that public and have a reputation that tarnished. Whether it's true, whether it's not, don't really know. It's the same way as, you know what, if someone says, yeah, this MP claimed 50 pence more for petrol, if Andy did that, I'd be like, oh, whatever. But when an MP, like, no, no, you're in a certain position here where we need to be able to trust you. So I'm like, where's the fit and proper test? to show that this guy can be So tested. if I go round saying... No, no, no. Let, let's, if no, I started no, no, accusing no, a TV no, no, promoter... No, 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 Let's not use analogies. Let's just deal with what we're discussing here and go, look, and there, there has to be a fit and proper test and you have to be able to demonstrate that no, this
1: guy... You can is, circumvent those. No. Because, us because
2: you can... I, I could go round see TV promoter A took £1 million out of a bank account that they had no right to be taking money out of and that was linked back to TV money for boxing now yeah. that means andy has the right then to say in the same circumstance tv promoter a shouldn't be doing that and whichever channel they're on should now be have all their accounts ordered. just because i've started a story about something it doesn't no, no, make well, it well, well well no
1: well well the, the basis comes down to this what well, i don't i don't understand what you're saying even if everything you say is true yeah. right if it's not if if the authorities aren't holding that person accountable how can, how can you then hold them accountable for it?
0: Well, well, what do you mean? What, what? I, no, 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 what wait, I mean wait, is, wait, 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 wait. If is there's it, no... no... No, wait, wait, hold it. It's not my role to hold Richard accountable. No, no, Poulton I, I don't mean you,
1: but like, if, if, you're the person, if you're the person putting on a boxing show and yeah. somebody's saying to you, look, this is all the dirt on this guy, you go, yeah, but if the proper authorities aren't getting involved in this, why should I have, to have a problem with it?
0: Well, this is why. We'll go back to the original thing. You're setting up <laughs> a platform, a TV platform, right? There are seven or eight promoters you could work with. Question number one goes, how the fuck does Richard Poxson go from down here on the list to down here? Whatever metric you want to choose, Richard Poxen doesn't sit above half these promoters, right? Whatever metric you want to choose. Number of shows held, number of fighters managed, revenue generated per year. Doesn't. So on what basis has he gone up here? This, Bear in mind, this is a London-based network. I would completely what, what, and utterly oh, agree. Yeah. I'm agreeing okay. with you. This is a London-based network. On what basis have you jumped over guys who...
1: So, what you're saying is the amount of red flags is alarming enough to prohibit that from being. Thank you. Being, there, okay. that, that's
0: what I'm saying. What there think? are enough red flags that he would not be the guy that I would go with. So then I would look at it and go, are these guys related in some way from the past? I haven't delved into that yet. My suspicion would be there is probably some pre existing relationship. That would be another red flag. Because. Richard Pox there's no value add with Poxon, if you see what I mean. But this is
2: no, no, There's this no is, value This add. is the element, this is the only part where I would say look, it depends what model they're going for. Do you want a model whereby you're Eddie Hearn, you've got a stable of fighters and you're committed to using that same stable of fighters with the potential of it getting stale on a channel or do you want a promoter who's got pre-existing links that doesn't have a stable of fighters that can borrow people with a budget to take from A, B, C and D and put them on and vary the show's Per
0: show. How do you build fighters then? How do you actually build a commercial proposition that says we're going to get people to watch. But they've, how do you build they've, sold, they've sold their pay-per-views very well. No, the no, numbers
2: how do you build that stars? are rumoured, the numbers that I have heard, are very good. Oh, oh prove them. You've got no proof for
0: <laughs> You're just hearing numbers. Where are you hearing your numbers from? Absolutely. Te- yeah, te- tell us where you are numbers from. These aren't numbers at all. <laughs> They're letters. My, your honour, <laughs> I rest my case. If you have numbers, I say the dude's dirty. We we all have to take something... Look, here's the reality. We all have to take what we say on a degree of trust, Right? Like I could shoot holes in your numbers, but I know whoever gave you those numbers is well intentioned and is probably from a source that's as close to reality as you can find. Even if the numbers The numbers, are, no, I would no, relatively
2: no, trust no, within ten no, percent. No. Right. Yeah,
0: even if yeah, that's one way up, say. one way down. Yeah, even if they yeah, even if it was slightly out, you'd go yeah, ballparkish. And I'm saying afford me that same thing where guys are saying to me, this guy was pulling this much out. And look, look at the lifestyle it's sustained.
2: In the car on the way home, you can tell me what they are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well. But, uh, but they're
0: guys who I get what you're saying. I get I what you genuinely you're saying. trust. And when 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 they talk, I'm like, I mean, you've called me dick. You you've you I mean like nah. That's what so when I say to ITV, show me why this guy is the right man. Because you're saying you can pull fighters together. But I'd say that's a flawed business model because no one does that. Everyone says we need fighters on our platform that we can commercialise. So maybe they've gone
2: against the grain, maybe they've taken a punt. I don't know. Oh, but God. that's look, if I'm looking for an argument of it,
0: that would be the argument. Is that yeah, they're
2: no. going against the grain.
0: Listen, that that guy's got questions to answer. He knows that. Let's you try to get him on. Yeah, well, he you've
2: got his number. I do. It doesn't mean that I have any well, well, well. We'll see. We'll, wow. we'll, we'll,
0: we'll, let, let's not say anything because we can ask that question. Come Many on. people have his number. Well, well, Terry no, 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 no. Terry,
1: no, keep no. chatting. <laughs> we're going to continue this podcast until Rich Boxing comes on, even if it takes us all week. Call him. <laughs> Shit, call him now. <laughs> it's going to be
2: one of those. Um, what are the twenty-four hour American like Telephone. charity? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So another tepid podcast comes to an end. <laughs> <laughs> comes to an end, a dreary end. Um, that went off. It did. I
2: don't even know how that started. That wasn't planned. case anyone I, thinks we were. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how I'm
1: getting home. And I've stopped the podcast and then we've started again. So I, I God knows where. Did you to take that shit out at the end though? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did Well, I will have done. I mean, I haven't, okay. but I will do. Okay, and therefore, they when they listen to it, I will have.
0: Okay, look. So, and, yes. Listen, I, I, I don't want to get found somewhere in the Humber.
1: <laughs> Why would he transport your body all the way up there? Whoever we're talking about. Who, who, who? Yeah. yeah or she? she. The boogie The boogeyman. man. Right, let's Ooh, go home. He's so boogie. He does like, I got 21 seconds to go. I got 21. No. <laughs> they weren't actually 21 questions, actually. If you go through and count them all, fun fact... Actually, there's less than that. It's not a fun fact. Right know.
2: now, we've been doing this for two and a half hours. A fun fact to be, if I'm going really? to my wife and kids, that's
0: me, two and a half hours. Yeah, that'd
2: know. be a really fun fact. Is a Martin's freed? This is a fucking hostage situation now.
1: Um, that's it, then I guess. Thank Send you very help. much for listening. Or uh, nudes. Get in touch. Send nudes. <laughs> if
0: you stay to the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you, if you stay to the end, i have seen this and they've gone. That's got to be wrong. That's like a hundred and fifty minutes. No yeah, chance. Yeah, Jesus. Thank you very much for listening. No, genuinely, thank you. Um, at New Age Boxing UK on Twitter, um, at The Seven Wolves, at the New Age Podfather, or if you just want to flout those rules completely, take a picture and link it to an Instagram. So I've got an essay to read out. <coughs> Always my favourites. Um, thank you very much for listening as I've said one Thank and many you. times That's a long train, share, though. like and uh, get in touch Um yeah You're and we will see awesome. you all next week take care thanks up. y'all oh.